Are you ready for a brand new year? Totally. We're going to crush it. <laughs> we are. We got a lot of big goals here for the podcast, for I Am Salt Lake podcast. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to thank all of our listeners, people that have stuck with us over the last few years, listening to episode after episode. I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank uh, the city of Salt Lake for being such a rad city. Anyway, let's welcome everybody out today to uh, I Am Salt Lake podcast. If this is your first time here and you're wondering, what are you listening to? What is this podcast all about? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City. We talk to musicians. We're talking to authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. I think you guys get the idea. We're talking to really anyone that might have a cool story to share so let's welcome everybody out to the very first episode of 2019, episode 363. My name is Chris. And my name is Christina. We're recording today right in beautiful downtown Salt Lake City in our podcast studio. It's located right in the back of Empire Merchandise. This is a really cool shop, you guys. 680 South State Street. Not only does Empire have an amazing selection of vape juice and vape accessories, but this is where you can uh, come and pick up your very own I Am Salt Lake podcast t-shirt. Great way to support the podcast. And the best part, Empire Merchandise is family owned. This is my brother and sister-in-law's shop. So when you're supporting them, you're supporting my family, you guys. So, so come on down here and check it out. 680 South State Street is their address. Today on the podcast, we get to sit down and talk with local tattoo artist Brett Johnson. Brett actually won this year's Best of Utah Best Tattoo Artist for 2018. And so we got to find out what got him into tattooing, kind of his his storyline, and it was just a really great conversation. It is a little bit longer than a lot of our I Am Salt Lake episodes, so don't be afraid to pause it, come back to it, you know, listen to it. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts is you We're can always listen, here. You can listen to it in your own terms. Hey, but before we get into that interview, I want to thank our sponsors for making this whole thing possible. Thank you to Five Wives Vodka, Market Source Real Estate, and our brand new sponsor, Heartbreaker Beard Oil. This is actually my little beard oil company. But we couldn't do this whole thing without our amazing sponsors, so please support them if you can. We're going to be telling you more about them a little bit later on in the show. And don't forget to head on over to our website at IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can get lost and dig through the entire back catalog of episodes. Also, a lot of people don't realize this, but we have an awesome events calendar on the website as well, so you can f go find out what's going on in Salt Lake today. Again, the website is IamSaltLake.com. Go check it out and bookmark it while you're there. All right, guys, let's get into that conversation that we had with Brett Johnson when he came and sat down with us to share his story. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy. Is your twin sister identical? No, so there's well, I guess, is we're fraternal sisters twins. Can't be, can't, can't be identical. Right? They have to be fraternal. Yeah, so we're yeah. fraternal twins. We just shared a womb. So my, I have a younger sister. Okay. Uh, that actually lives down in, in Utah County. Oh, right on. She had uh, twins, mm -hmm. a boy and a girl, like what, a year, just a little over a year ago, actually, or yeah. a year. That's yeah. awesome. What? Okay, here's a, here's, we're, we're starting yeah. a podcast and this is going to yeah. be, <laughs> this is going to be uh, a different type of question than okay. what we started with. What advice would you give my sister? With, with twins? Yeah. No, um, like well, what was the... I don't know. Is there anything crazy or, 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 uh, was it hard being a twin? No, when you she know gets what? cut, do yeah. you feel it? No, 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 no. So oh, we were okay. never like that. Like it was the worst thing is do not put, well, 
I guess it depends who you ask. I personally did not like being in the same class as my sister because we were, we're, we're home together. We're living together. I want to go to school and have a little bit of break from my sisters. But some for some reason in elementary school, they're like, no, we're going to put you in the same class. Me and my sister were in the same class almost all the way to sixth grade. You know, my mom had to be like, yo, can we separate them a little bit? You know, and then, cause then you get the dumb questions. You're like, yo, if I punch your sister in the face, are you going to feel it? I'm like, no, but I'll punch you in the face. Or they'll be like, if she, you know, falls over here, do you feel it? And we never had that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, Did people really ask oh, you that about like, yeah. if I punch her in the face, yeah, you like, feel, I, you feel it? I literally yeah. just asked yeah. that. Well, that's tr- <laughs> but you were kidding. Well, yeah. I was kidding, but I've heard Well, of you've that heard happening. stories of like twin, like twin twins, you know, like the, yeah. the like identical twins, identical twins mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, well, my sister or brother lives over here and they got hurt and I felt it. And I'm like, I've never had that connection. Like, I love my sister. She's rad. And are you guys really close? Uh, we, so I have two sisters. I have an older sister and a twin sister. I wasn't very close to either one of them till my mid twenties. I think that happens you know? to most of us. And like, we were cool. Well, I take that back. My older sister, me and her had like this internal like battle. We feuded so hard until I got divorced. And then I was like, Oh, my older sister's rad. She's cool. We got along. Um, and we really established a really good relationship and I've tattooed her a ton, which I thought I'd never do because my family's super Mormon. And so that kind of bonded us too. Cause when you tattoo yeah. someone, you really get to know someone you, you've got nothing but time to, Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yeah, You got nothing but time to talk. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm such a talker where I'll tattoo someone and they'll be like dry as toast. They got no personality. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to be the longest four hours of my life. So then I'll just start talking and talking and then I'll finally find, it's like a goal to me to find something that we can relate with. Yeah. And then I can get them to open up a little bit and then I can't get them to shut up. And now they're telling me stuff that I'm like, whoa, I can't believe you're telling me this. Like you're a therapist. Yeah. Well, then I'm like, yo, there's no, there's no client confidentiality. Like I'll get on Facebook and I'll tell everybody what you just told me. Has that ever gotten you in trouble? No, I actually only one time did I ever feel conflicted where I was like, yo, I should probably tell someone what you just told me because I'm uncomfortable. And that would be hard. Yeah. It's just more of like, you'd be amazed on people like, oh, I'm cheating on my wife. And I'm like, yo, I'm Facebook friends with your wife, maybe I should message her or vice versa. (laughs) Or the wives are like, well, I'm cheating on my husband. And I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not the moral police here. Like I, what what do they expect you to like? What are they hoping you would? Yo, high five. Yo, good for you. I'm glad you're messing around. Or they just need to tell somebody. I I feel like it's the guilt. I feel like they have to get it out. They're just getting it off their chest and they're just putting it onto you. Well, and that's the funny thing is, uh, I'm maybe you should get tattooed by him so I could find out. (laughs) Yo, Chris, you told me some crazy. You can tell Chris all the dirt. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the most boring person to tattoo. Because I just get like really quiet and well, faint. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm not exciting. Either. So I feel like everyone's in two different categories. You're either an oversharer, which is awesome because I love to meet people and I love to learn about people. And I really do feel like the people I tattoo become like friends. Yeah. And they, you know, I have, I'm so blessed to have such a wide net of people that I tattoo. And man, they rally behind me and my wife all the time. And it's so rad. But then I meet some people that I'm like, cool, I'll probably only ever tattoo you one time. Cause they're either price shoppers or they're, you know, they're just looking for, oh, I saw something you drew, caught my eye. And then I just want to move on to the next easy deal that I find. Mm -hmm. So, but usually if you can make it through my vetting process and you can actually get into my chair, we're homies for life. Oh, and your stuff. Oh my gosh. Like 
how you kind of have like a watercolor background with the yeah. art on top. Oh my gosh. You're well, just, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get okay. into that. There's a, there's a few <laughs> things I want to mention though. Right on. There was a boatload of questions yeah. that people, so we have an I Am Salt Lake podcast community. I'm just saying this for the listeners. Uh, if you're listening and you're not part of the community, just search I Am Salt Lake community on Facebook. You'll get right there. So I threw it up that we're going to be chatting with Brett here. Boatload of questions. Some of them are ridiculous, yeah, but, but we're going to ask them. Uh, and so some of them got a little wild. Which yeah, is awesome. but we're going to have fun with that here in just a minute. Yeah. But I like to find out a little bit of a backstory about right people that we then I like to just no, for them, we just let it right? loose, man. And I'm yeah, um, let's do it. Did you grow up here in Utah? Then? So I'll give you the cliff notes of my life real quick. So born in Provo, my dad and my mom got married super young, had a super young. And so like, my mom had all three of us. I think she was younger. She was 22. You know, so she's got three kids at 22. My dad, and you know, sorry, dad, if I get your age wrong. My dad's like four or five years older than my mom. And so, you know, right off the bat, they're young. They get married. They have kids. And so my dad was like in his third year of college. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to finish because I'm raising kids. kids. Yeah. So yeah. my dad took the fastest route to make the fastest money. And he became a restaurant manager. Cause he was a cook and they, you know, my dad's legit and, and, uh, they liked him. So they promoted him. And then my dad's been in the restaurant business till now. Like he's been a restaurant manager my entire life. So that's taken us around. So I was like two, we moved to New Mexico, which I don't remember New Mexico at all because I was a baby. Then we moved to Texas. I do remember Texas. I did first grade in Texas. No, no, I did kindergarten in Texas. I did first grade in Idaho. And then after Idaho, we moved back to Utah. So then I started second grade. No, I, we moved halfway through first grade. So I started at the end of half, the end of first grade in Utah and we moved to West Valley. I'm a Kearns kid. So then I spent from first grade, halfway through first grade till I was 19 in Kearns. That's not bad though. Yeah. Cause you were mentioning Provo and that's what I didn't know if you grew up in Provo. No, so it's funny. That was, yeah, yeah. My parents didn't go back to Utah County cause my mom grew up in Orem. And so, and my dad grew up in Green River. He's a small town dude. And so then he lost he lost his job. He was running famous or he was running famous Dave's. My dad's rad because he's one of the type of dudes that he won't he stands up for himself, but sometimes like it doesn't play into politics. So he's yeah. you know, stood up for something he believes in and ended up getting kind of like, Oh, sorry, man, you know, we gotta let you go because you're too much of a free thinker. So he he we moved, we were in St. George for a minute. Came back to Salt Lake, lived at my grandparents for a minute because we'd kind of re- restart again. And then they bought a house in Pleasant Grove and they've been in, been there ever since. Um, when I was 18, I wanted to get out of Utah. Everybody does. I just, so I moved to New York City. Really? I was just like, I'm out of oh, here. Wow. So I went to New York City. I lived in New York City for the summer, fell in love with the city. And then I uh, realized I can't afford to live in the city. So then I moved back. And then um, the next summer that I moved to West Virginia Lived in West Virginia for three months and absolutely loved it and hated it because it's the most racist place I've ever been. And then I moved back to Utah. And then me and my ex-wife, I met her when I was 18 and we had a horrifically emotionally abusive back and forth relationship, you know, got married when I was 23, got divorced when I was 25 and kind of started my life over at 25. It sounds like you were living my life. Yo, that, that, yeah. That's a very because I lived. I moved out to Pennsylvania oh, for about wow. five yeah, years. Which, if you've legit. listened to the podcast, you know I've talked talked yeah. about that a couple of times. Pennsylvania is wild because you're like close to New York City, yeah. But yet, then you're like, hey, there's Amish country. 
I'm going to live in the middle of nowhere and farm and have no electricity. It's kind of cool. You can go anywhere you yeah, want. Close and to everything. Oh, absolutely. My favorite, though, is um, I went to uh, Scranton, PA. That Dude, I, Wilkes-Barre, yeah. that's where I lived. Yeah. Right there. Scranton's rad. And the only reason I went to Scranton is because like, oh, it's the home of the office. And then you realize <laughs> it wasn't filmed here. And you're like, oh, so bummed. But um, <laughs> that's the only reason we went. We drove all the way there just to see Scranton because I wanted to see where the office was. And then I find out, oh, it's filmed in so- like South LA. And I was oh. like, oh, I'm bummed. A Google search could have saved you I know, a lot well, of time. No, and this was, uh, it was you know, before the internet. Yeah, Google okay, wasn't. All right. I mean, Google, Google existed, but it wasn't like what it is now. You know, and I didn't have a cell phone until I was 20 and my, didn't have internet. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a little flip phone. Do I kind of miss those days I where do. you have to actually go experience something to understand it? I joke with my wife all the time. I'm like, hey, if I give you an address, can you drive there without using your phone? And she's like, uh, no. And I was like. That's what, that's how I learned how to drive. My dad would be like, get in the car. Oh, you don't know how to drive a stick. Cool. You're learning right now. Here's the address. Take us there. And you know, you got to do the grid system and you're like, oh, well it's South. Let me drive here. Let me drive there. And what year were you born? If you don't so mind. I was born in 86. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so, so you're a young Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm like right on the cusp where I'm like, I'm, a I'm a, I'm a millennial. 30, right? 30? I'm, I'm actually thir- I'm about to turn 33. 33. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just doing some, I just turned 41. Oh, right on. So I was born in 77. So that's why Listen, I was Listen, the 40s to are the new 30s and the 30s are the new 20s. Dude, you that's know? what they say, yeah. man. And I, but I feel it. I honestly feel like I'm the most comfortable I've ever been in my 30s. Oh yeah. 30s yeah. are the best. Yeah. You feel like, oh, I pay my bills on time, which is actually because my wife, um, <laughs> you know, like. Isn't it weird how that becomes yeah. like. <laughs> the most exciting thing you could ever ask oh, for is the fact that you pay your bills on time. Absolutely. Like, well, and that's the thing. It's like, you get excited, you watch your bank account grow a little bit and you yeah. get a little excited instead of, oh, I have a dollar. What can I spend it yeah. on? Now it's like, oh, I have a dollar. Let me save $2. If I can go to bed by 930, I'm stoked. You know, Do you really go awesome. to bed by 930? Oh man, there's some days where me and my wife will be in bed. I'm like, it's under, it's before 10. This is awesome. What? Yeah, it's, it's Teach the best. Teach me your way. I wish. Great. Yeah, man. It's, His it way took me is just not having me there. for a wife. Yeah. <laughs> I keep him up. <laughs> well, it's usually, it's usually my wife will stay up because she can stay up forever uh-huh. and I'll be dozing on the couch. And she's like, do you want to go to bed? I'm like, I'm already asleep. So yeah, let's, let's do it. Well, you have to be like sharp and alert for tattooing. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is a lot of people don't realize how emotionally draining tattooing is. Yeah. It takes so much out of you emotionally because if you're tattooing someone who's having a bad day, you mm-hmm. feel it. And I'm a, I've, I, I'm very sensitive to that. So, so you're empathetic. I'm very empathetic. So I mm-hmm. absorb everything. If you're not a positive person, I come home grumpy. My wife's like, you must have tattooed a real turd today. And I'm like, yeah, I did. Oh, and now I need to so go hard. sit in the garage and just sit here and pout for a minute till I can get it out. You know, is that your man cave? Um, so I, we actually lucked out. I have a painting studio in the backyard. Which is awesome, but it's so cool. But I've I've taken over. Let's see, I've taken over half of the living room. I have my own painting studio in the house, and then I have a full. Um, the guy that owned our house before used to build motorcycles, so he built a third garage in the backyard to build motorcycles in, and I took it over and I just paint in there. So I've kind of taken over the house, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice because. I'm like, it's a cool thing when you buy a house because you can destroy it. I'm like, man, the first thing I walked in was, oh, I'm going to paint this wall. We're going to paint that. My wife started pulling the floor up and it's yours. You can mess it up. Yeah, nobody's going to come back to you and, and tell like, you. Hey, your deposit's not coming back because you put a little nail hole yeah. or, you know, you bent one of the blinds, you know, so there's a thousand dollars. I don't even, yeah. I don't even count on getting the deposit back anymore. Though, oh, you know? honestly, it's the really, biggest hustle. Right, like right, you just, if like, you move into an apartment or a townhouse, just. Just know you're not getting your deposit back. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know? because you yeah. could spend two days trying to make that place spotless oh, and like, you last, know, clean it up. The last place we lived, I literally followed the landlord around with a magic eraser, those Mr. Clean magic yeah. erasers. And she's like, there's a smudge there. 
there's a smudge there. And I oh. literally scrubbed. That's $200 Holy off cow. your no, deposit. Exactly. Well, so I got to the point where I was following them around for like, it, was, it must've been like five hours. I was getting annoyed and it takes a lot for me to get annoyed because I am a, like, I'm a pretty patient person and I'll put up with a lot before I'll say something. I finally looked at her. I was like, yo, how much is it going to cost for me to let you guys just clean? Cause I'm over it. She's like, oh, well we charge 20 an hour. And I'm like, that's it. Oh, done. Like take <laughs> yeah. it off my deposit. And then they ended up billing us like 180 bucks. And I was like, well spent. Like, yeah. yeah. Just get out of it. Oh, place, it was man. horrible. They were, and they actually don't know this, but, um, I exploded my airbrush in the kitchen. So I put, and I happened to have fluorescent orange in it at the time. And they they over- listened to this podcast. Oh, I hope. Yo, yo, listen, um, <laughs> yo, it wasn't me. Um, but I laughed because I literally exploded a four ounce bottle of fluorescent orange in the kitchen. It went on the ceiling. It went behind the fridge. It went all over the brand new laminate. Oh, and I wow. spent three days scrubbing and I'm sure there's... I bet the person that moved in there, like, where's all this orange paint coming from? <laughs> I love you know? it. And so that was our little secret. My wife just laughed at me. I had orange paint all over my face. I had it in my teeth. How? I had it on my glasses. How did it explode? <laughs> I overpressurized it. So okay. we have a PSA regulator and I was mm-hmm. messing around trying to figure out the sweet spot of how much paint I wanted to come out because they're on a trigger system. So the more pressure you push down for air and you pull back for pressure. And I was trying to paint something quick. Um, I used to paint shoes and so I was, I was doing a side job for Nike, which is a whole nother story. And I was trying to rush it and I just put too much pressure in it and I didn't have my hose screwed on tight enough and it just fucking exploded like a grenade. Wow. And, it was just, and I, and I laughed cause I was like, I had to have fluorescent orange, like, like construction orange. That's the color I had. And it went all over the kitchen. So let's actually, we need to take a break here. Let's play a couple messages from our sponsors. uh, And then we're going to get into story. I I, want to find out like where you started tattooing, how that all started. We haven't even gotten into that. We got all kinds of questions. You guys don't know what you signed up for, man, bringing me on this thing. But I just want to get these sponsor uh, reads out of the way. So, So hang tight. We'll be right back. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we take just a couple minutes of your time and tell you about our awesome sponsors. We got two really great sponsors that uh, they they actually sponsored the podcast back in 2018. So it's nice to have them on board again here in 2019. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Market Source Real Estate. I know we have a lot of listeners that are looking to move to Salt Lake City. We have a lot of people, you know, maybe they're up for a job transfer and they want to buy a home. They don't know who to go to. This is where you need to contact our friends Monique and Jeremy Higginson of Market Source Real Estate. For the past 17 years, they've been specializing in helping people buy and sell homes in Sugar House and as well as in the greater Salt Lake City area. And they have a background of flipping houses and they've owned almost two dozen homes themselves. So they really know all the ins and outs of the older homes in this cool area. If you're looking to sell your home, Market Source Real Estate specializes in helping sellers update or repair their homes to increase their value and make sellers more money. And they do a really good job because I've been through a walkthrough at a house that they helped with and I wanted to buy it. And I know a lot of you are looking to buy like one of these beautiful Salt Lake City old homes. Monique and Jeremy Higginson over at Market Source Real Estate, they know what to look for in older homes so you don't end up buying a money pit. You can find all their info right there online at thinksaltlakecity.com. Or you can actually just give them a call, 801-810-6773. Again, thinksaltlakecity.com or give them a call at 801-810-6773. And many thanks to Market Source Real Estate for sponsoring 
this episode of the podcast. All right, this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by the very awesome, the very delicious Five Wives Vodka. You know, I'm excited. They actually sponsored the podcast all of 2018. Now they're on board for 2019. So I get to sit here and talk about the most delicious vodka week after week to you guys. I get to tell you, hey, you know what? You want to support I Am Salt Lake podcast. The next time you go to the state liquor store and pick up a bottle, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka, because not only are you drinking a delicious local vodka, but you're also supporting I Am Salt Lake podcast. They have three different flavors. Christina and I are going to tell you about them. We're excited to tell you about them. I love talking about them. They have the original. This is the original Five Wives Vodka. This is made from Utah Mountain Spring Water. It's 100% distilled corn spirit, and it's gluten-free. The spring's hidden up in Ogden Canyon, so it's inaccessible by vehicle. So they're actually hiking this water out five gallons at a time. And can I just tell you a little Christmas time story about Five Wives? Sure. For uh, Christmas Eve, you, uh, Chris and I shared one present each. And the present that I got on Christmas Eve was a bottle of Five Wives. Oh, perfect So that gift. I could have a wonderful Christmas Eve. And it was so great. It was the original. Delicious. But they also make Five Wives Sinful which is a flavored vodka with a delicious cinnamon taste. It's unlike other cinnamon products that give you that cinnamon candy taste. Sinful is like a morning cinnamon roll, and it only has 76 calories per ounce. They also have the Five Wives Heavenly. This is one of their flavored vodkas with a delicious vanilla taste. Heavenly's rich, buttery vanilla flavor. It comes through without coating your taste buds with all that sugar, which results in more vanilla and less calories. Their website, fivewivesvodka.com, is where you can go find out more information about it. But, like I said, the next time you head on over to the state liquor store, pick up a bottle of Five Wives Vodka. The next time you go to your local bar, ask for Five Wives Vodka by name. And remember, every time you're taking a shot of Five Wives Vodka, you're supporting I Am Salt Lake Podcast. So many thanks to Five Wives Vodka for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's get back to that interview with uh, Brett Johnson. When did tattooing come in the picture? How long have you been tattooing? So I'm actually, I started tattooing when I was 23. Um, So I turned 33 in March. So March will be my 10th year. You know, if we want to get into technical, like depending on, you know, if you talk to an old school tattoo artist, they might not count my first three years of tattooing because I was an idiot and I was impatient and I was stubborn and arrogant. And I'm like, so a little bit of backstory. When I was 18, I got offered my first apprenticeship. It was through Doc Holiday. Crazy. They're not even around anymore. No, so um, actually, so I can go into that history of those guys. Um, so Alan Record and Ginger Record ended up buying Doc Holiday from Doc. Alan apprenticed under, well, he didn't apprentice under Doc, but he worked for Doc. And um, they're the sweetest, nicest people in the world. They own a tattoo supply company here in Utah called Fifth Ave Tattoo Supply. They were the one that got ripped off. Yeah, they were oh, the ones that got, ones well, got Yeah, and that's another fun story too. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got broken into by some real pieces of shit. Unfortunately, they happened to be in, in their tattoo. One of them was a tattoo artist and just got high on meth and decided it was a great idea to go put a brick through the window and steal some shit. And luckily he got caught and they got their stuff back. And so it was a happy ending. Power of social media and yeah. giving him the pressuring him to turn the stuff back in, which was rad. Um, but um, so, yeah, so they bought Doc Holiday. They ran it. It's been a staple in Salt Lake for forever in Murray forever. And then, you know, you get to a certain point where you can only tattoo for so long. Hopefully you can tattoo till you're still relevant. You find this happy medium of like, am I still learning? Am I still getting better? Am I still putting something positive into the tattoo community 
you know, that I feel good about. And I feel like if you can't answer yes to any of those, you should just quit. And, and I'm not answering for Alan. I don't, I have no idea why Alan decided to do what he did, but he saw an opportunity to grow a second business and which he's the smartest dude in the world doing it. We all needed tattoo supplies and there was nowhere to buy them in Salt Lake. So he created a retail store just for licensed tattoo artists to buy their equipment and it blew up, which we all knew it would if you did it right. And Alan and Ginger are the coolest, nicest people in the world. And we all want to support them and give them our money. And they got to a point where like, well, I can't tattoo and run this business. Mm -hmm. And this business is going to be my retirement plan. So they did that. Now they got a full retail store. They got a huge warehouse. They can keep expanding. Where's that located? So it's actually 2100 South and West Temple would be the easiest address. But it's actually, so Black Black Thumb is right there on, uh, is right there on 2100 South. Um, right before West Temple. It's like 100 West, I think. Isn't there a motorcycle shop or something? There used to be, but it went out of business. Is that kind of in that area? So there's a, Yeah, so um, if you could go directly behind that, um, there is a industrial park back yeah. there. It's in the industrial park. Okay. okay. So it's actually next to, I think it's Nate's Barbershop. I think Fuzzy it, Nate's. Fuzzy Nate's, yeah. yeah. Fuzzy Nate's Barbershop. They're next door to Fuzzy Nate. Okay, right. yeah, so, yeah, right. That's Sugar House Distilleries yeah, over actually, there. Actually, yeah, they're right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, Sugar House. Shoot, we should probably bring them on the podcast. We should. Dude, yeah. Alan, Alan is the coolest dude in the world. He's got, I mean, I've, I I sometimes go into the tattoo supply store and then I'm like, oh, I'm here an hour and a half. I need to leave. I got a tattoo. Because <laughs> I'm talking to him and he's just the coolest dude in the world. He's got a wild story. So you guys should. He'd be cool to have. Yeah. You know? That sounds awesome. Have you always been into art? Like, have you always yeah, been so the artistic my mom, type? My mom says I've always... You know, you gave me a pencil when I was a toddler. I was drawing on something, you know, but my earliest memory was pausing our NES um, Nintendo. I didn't want to play. I just wanted to draw the characters. So then I would be tracing and drawing the 8-bit characters and trying to make them look as perfect as possible. And then I'm a huge Disney nut. We grew up with Disney. Disney's like, you know, my jam. And so I, my first original path was I was going to become a Disney animator and then when I finally got to college, I realized, man, this sucks. And I don't want to do this because it's not fun and because it's um, it's tedious. It's tedious. It takes all the fun out of art because mm-hmm. you're, you're a toggle in a giant machine. Cool. You get to just draw trees for the next three years. Mm-hmm. I don't want to draw trees. Well, no, you're the tree guy. You get to just do the wire etchings and all the sketching and all the layering of just the trees, you know, and so it just kind of took the fun out of it for me. So I, um, my great grandfather served in world war two. He had the ugliest anchor on his forearm. My family used to always tell me like, Oh, grandpa hates it. Grandpa hates it. But I was infatuated with it. I thought it was cool. I was like, man, you could have ink on your body permanently. And then like the discovery channel started coming out with all these like Tabori and Polynesian Samoan tribal, like documentaries about tattooing. And I was hooked. I was like 14, I think at the time. And I was like, how do I do this? Like, how can I get into it? Um, but growing up Mormon too, like it's a big no, no. So like I was having these internal battles of like, I don't think this religion's quite for me, but I really want to go down this path. And so when I turned 18, I was like, you know what? Screw it. Like life's too short. I'm doing it. And so I got offered my, now I'm back to where I originally, so I got offered my first, (laughs) my first, uh, apprenticeship at doc, but doc wanted me to pay like three grand up front. What 18 year old got three three grand. grand. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so that dream's dead. I got offered another apprenticeship and it was contingent. Like it wasn't necessarily like an offer, but it was like, Hey, you're in the running. We like your art. We see potential. There's another dude that likes, you know, is in the same boat. So one of you are going to get it. So other guy got it, which I don't blame him because he was better friends with him. And it, he had a way better relationship. And I was just this young green 
you know, just kind of stopped going to church, like no tattoos. And so Nate Drew, who owns Lost Art, actually sat down with me because um, my parents tra- taught me to like, if you want something, be professional, dress nice, go and introduce yourself and kind of treat it like a job interview. And let me guess, you went yeah. with a suit on. I did wear a suit. Uh, no, I definitely <laughs> didn't. Did, yeah, did, did, oh, well, I got laughed at anyway because yeah. like I did not fit the tattoo mold. But like I wore a nice, I, I think I wore a nice button up, you yeah. know, combed my hair because I had, I used to have the duck like flip, you know. The boy band. Little, oh yeah. Yeah. The nice where you come over and then you flip it up in the end. Had frosted tips. Like oh, I was, I was legit. The no 90s. kidding. Yeah. Oh man. I was the boy band wannabe. And so I walk in here, you know, all these rough tattoo guys. Nate Drew was the nicest dude in the world. He sat me down on the couch, flipped through all my portfolio. I brought a giant, I brought every doodle I have ever made. And I was like, yo, I'm going to show you everything I can do. And so he looked and he took the time. He flipped through every piece of artwork that I brought. Looked at me and says, you're too young. You have talent, but you're not there yet. You were too, at 18, wow. you were too I think young? I was, I just turned 19. And he thought that was too young? Well, I think, so here's the thing about the tattoo world is everybody wants to become a tattoo artist. You know, mm-hmm. if you doodle it, oh, I'd love to do that. Well, as a shop owner, I'm like, I want to see how loyal you are. Let me test you a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. see if you'll come back. Let me put you through a little contention. So 99% of the time, if you walk into a place and you and you are a legit real artist and you got a lot of talent and you want to get into tattooing, you're probably going to get here. You're going to hear no, but they want to see if you're going to come back. Let's see if you come back. Let's see if he's got the balls to come back. Let's yeah. see if she's got the guts to come back. Did you go back? Um, So I actually went down a different path. Um, So Nate was so nice. He shook my hand. He said, listen, man, keep doing what you're doing, but start getting tattooed. He's like, if you want to get into the tattoo industry, you need to start getting tattooed. So then I booked my neck. I went. This was in the MySpace days. Cruised through <laughs> MySpace. I found Good Times Tattoo. I found Patrick Delvar. And I was like, yo, I want to get tattooed by this guy. Good his, guy. His color work was amazing. So I started getting tattooed by him. And then Pat was the nicest dude in the world to me. I would bring in my drawings. He'd tell me how much it sucked. Tell me what I needed to change. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, I'm a pretty prideful person. And it's taken me a very long time to swallow my pride and realize I'm not good at everything. I need people's help. I need to, you know, please tell me that I suck so I know how I can change. Like now I embrace it. I'm like, please, if you see something I can do better, please let me know. So then Pat told me, try this, try that. So he was literally teaching me art and then telling me like books to buy, telling me what to do. And I was like just soaking it all up. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Finally, someone's giving me a little of something. Yeah. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. me and him built a relationship. I, be, I got, I started getting tattooed by him on and off for like the next couple of years. I got married at 23, moved to New York. You know, I, I hadn't, I didn't say a word to Pat for like almost six, seven years. Um, cause I was going down my own path. So mm-hmm. I'm living in New York. I'm married. I'm in a horrible abusive relationship. I hit this point in the first six months of my relationship with my ex-wife. And I was like, I got to get out of here. But if I can't get out right now, cause my parents always raised me to like, yo, if you're going to do something, do it a hundred percent, try everything you per- you possibly can before you give up. And so I was, I was in it for the long haul. I was like, no, oh, I married a crazy person, but yo, I'm riding this out. <laughs> yeah, um, what do you do? Right. Exactly. Like, I'm 23. I'm a child. Like, how am I supposed to know any of this? So you just thought all girls are yeah, crazy, oh, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like, what is happening? Is this, this is all, this is must. Oh, so this is what relationships are. And this is what marriage is like. Okay. Maybe I just need to suck it up and deal with it. So I did, but then, um, I was in a, we were in a financial position where my ex-wife came for money. 
So I was like, I'm going to use her to my advantage. I bought all my tattoo equipment because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do the apprentice thing. I'm too arrogant for that nonsense. So I went and bought all my own shit and I started tattooing out of my, out of my apartment. Oh, wow. Which was the worst idea that I've ever done. Why is that? One, I had no idea what I was doing. First tattoo I did, I just horrifically cut the person so bad, hung the needle out way too long. So, and then I ran my machine way too fast and I bought all the wrong machines. So I was just, you know, you might as well, I might as well have just used a steak knife and just rubbed ink (laughs) into it. You know, that's pretty much what I was doing. Were that your early clients, uh, understanding. Oh, so I was very clear. Like I've always been a, they were probably all free. Well, oh, absolutely. I'd be like, yo, I just need people to tattoo. Let me figure it out. And then I would always tell them once I'm actually good, I'll cover whatever I did. And if you tell people that they're like, okay, sign me up. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I had a plethora of people to tattoo, which I thought was crazy to me. Cause in my head, I'm like, I wouldn't fucking let you tattoo me. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) So I butchered, you know, the first two years of my career, we're just cutting people left and right. So then finally, like YouTube kind of had some information on, on tattooing, but it was usually like some scratcher that got like, so we call people scratchers. If you tattoo out of your house, I was a scratcher. Some, some scratchers were leaking information, but it was legit information. So I was watching YouTube just looking for anything. And so I kind of find it like started to get a little bit of knowledge of just at least how to tune my machine. I'm a tinkerer. So like I was taking coil machines apart, putting them back together. If it didn't run, I'm like, oh, I did something wrong. And so I, you know, I came pretty proficient on how to build machines. I don't personally do it because there's no need to now. Yeah. And I just don't have the equipment or the time. And also I'm not very good at it. So I, there's just no point for me to do it. Um, but if you give me a broken machine, I can fix it. And so Kind of started figuring some stuff out, was doing some pretty mediocre tattoos, nothing to write home about. I've always been lucky to, if I touch it, I'm usually can, I can usually figure it out and I can usually get pretty good at it. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, it's just how I've always, I've kind of skirted through life that way. Tattooing humbled me so quick because I sucked at it for so long. And I mean that, like, I really was horrible. If I could pull up some of my old tattoos, they'd be like, yo, you did that? Like, you should quit now. You know, that was horrible. <laughs> Do you ever run into, like, old clients? Yeah, well, like, here's, from, the fun- like, here's the funny thing. The beginning days? Oh, yeah. So there's a couple people that refuse to get tattooed by me, even though, because I tattooed them in my mom's house, you know? Mm. So, so, so I'm tattooing. <laughs> I got an I got an offer to work at a tattoo shop in Brooklyn. I used to we we started in Brooklyn and then we moved to the Upper East Side. Um, I got an offer to tattoo with these dudes in Brooklyn. I ended up finding out these dudes were just like straight up, like straight out of prison. These guys didn't know how to tattoo. One of the guys lived in the building that I lived in, and so we started bullshitting. He kind of started teaching me some things because he knew I was scratching out of my apartment, and so and then he saw some of my artwork and he's like, "Holy shit! Like you're good." But he's like, your tattoos suck. He's like, how come you can't figure this out? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, man. And so he brought me to the shop. He showed me some things. The shop was pretty wild. It was called like Crazy Monkey Tattoo or Wild Monkey. It was like on West Broadway in Williamsburg or something like something like that. So I went in there and then I realized none of these dudes really could draw very well. So I was drawing stuff for them. They would tattoo it. It didn't last very long because mm-hmm. I'm a pretty like you got to think I'm this young Mormon kid, just married, married, um, living in Brooklyn at the time, Brooklyn wasn't hipster like it is now. Now it's the, the white Mecca of IPAs and thrift stores and bragging about you being on, um, EBT, like (laughs) crazy nonsense, like, you know? And so, but when I lived there, I was like the, one of the few white people that lived in that neighborhood. And so, 
I would have Puerto Ricans, black people, people from all different walks of life being like, yo, what are you doing here? You're in the wrong neighborhood. I'm like, oh, I live right there. You live here? I'm like, yeah, I, li- I was, I lived right on Malcolm X Boulevard and West Broadway. Like shit was wild. I'd walk my dog around the block and they'd be like, yo, you want a dog fight? And I'm like, uh, my dog's like six months old. She weighs like 20 pounds. No, that's cool, man. You got money. I'm like, I'm going to go back inside. It's safe inside. I shouldn't be outside. Um, so, so I started learning some stuff from these dudes. I quickly realized that like I needed to like toughen up a little bit. Like I was a little gullible and they were taking advantage of me. So I went back to tattooing in my apartment we're going to, so were, were you working? Like, where were you working? So I was still just, ta- so I was tattooing out of my house and I, so I used to work at Burton snowboards. Okay. So I used to work for Burton. I was doing, um, just retail stuff, um, marketing and a little bit of artwork. Cause you weren't making money tattooing. No, no, no. I was getting like $20, $30 yeah. or, Hey, you want to rack a, or a punch in the face? Yeah, or, after yeah. you <laughs> well, there was up. a few people that definitely, you could tell were not happy, but they were like, it's on me. Dude, oh, that's well. gotta be the scariest oh, thing, man. God. Yeah. There's a few times like, so we have a saying in the <laughs> tattoo world. It's not, if you mess up, it's when you mess up. And I, and I'll be, I'll admit I've messed up many a times. Sometimes it's just like, hopefully you mess up enough where you can fix it. And so, you know, the best way to learn is just do it. And so that's what I was doing. And I messed up a lot. And so luckily no one really like came after me afterwards. No one's hunting but you down. Yeah. At least, at least, at least the, not that I know of, you know, <laughs> now, now I'm about to find out, you know, next week I'm like, yo, you guys, uh, you're not going to hear from me cause I'm in witness protection. Um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, really bad if our podcast yeah. is someone getting into witness protection. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's crazy though. So I, I learned trial and error. Um, mm-hmm. I was working at Burton snowboards. Burton opened so many doors for me. What were you doing now? What were you doing at Burton? So I was a salesperson. So they have a huge flagship store in Soho. And so I was, I started off as sales. I worked my way up into doing like side weird jobs because Burton, Burton's one of the coolest, but weirdest companies. They do these weird collaborations with people that they shouldn't collaborate with because it has nothing to do with snowboarding at all. Like they made wool blankets with Pharrell Williams once, which Hmm. I thought was weird. And then they did another thing with Free People, which is a female brand. And they made the the worst snowboard. Isn't that like a Nordstrom brand? Yeah, they yeah, made like okay. they made like seven hundred dollar puffy snowboard coats for women that didn't sell, and they ended up on our like eighty percent off rack because no one bought the crap because it sucked. So, but they throw these massive parties in New York at the retail store, and so they'd have me doing promotional stuff. So like we did a party with Jameson whiskey where Jameson paid me to, they brought in these big ass chalkboards and like, Hey, can you draw a life-size version of our bottle on this chalkboard? And I was like, Oh, all day. So I did it. And then they're like, dude, you're really good. Can we hire you for another event? So then I went on a whole side note where I was going to bars, drawing huge advertisements of whoever the liquor company was sponsoring, whatever event and drawing whatever they wanted in chalk on chalkboards. So I made a, I made a small fortune Every week going to these giant parties, I got to do one called the, um, the bartenders bash where they, it was a huge competition. I think it was absolute vodka, um, that did it and they wanted to find out who can make the best mixed drink. So they had all these bartenders from all over the world sending in their recipes and then they narrowed it down to 10 people and then they brought them to New York and then had a big party for it. And then everyone made their mixed drink and then they figured out whoever won. Well, they put me on a stage with all these chalkboards and I had to I had to uh, draw all the ingredients to the winner's mixed drink. Wow. And so it was rad, but also it sucks when you're the sober one and everyone else is hammered and they're like, yo, what you doing, man? You drawing up on a board? I'm like, I mean, clearly, (laughs) yeah, I am. Why are you here? You know, so you have all these drunk people yelling at you. Um, But then that led to Jameson paying me to go to Denver. I did another big 
uh, bartenders bash at city hall, which is a huge venue in Denver. And they put me on a giant stage in a, in front of a bunch of drunk people and gave me a, a whiskey barrel and said, paint the barrel. And I'm wow. like, okay. So then I painted the barrel all night. And did then you they, have people like trying to buy you shots and stuff? Do people it's weird. It's like, Hey, you want to drink? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to paint, man. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I can't really get drunk right now. And then people are like, yo, why are you on stage? Why are you up there? And I'm like, well, they're paying me to paint. And they're like, why are you at a party and you're painting? And so, <laughs> you know, it, as fun as it sounds, it was sounds also- Sounds like a fifth, like a kindergarten classroom. Oh, it's, it's yeah, you get a bunch of drunk people and it's, it's nuts. So I rode that out as long as I could. And then I kind of burnt the bridge with them. I started asking for way too much money. And they just find another young person. <laughs> they like, yeah. wait, yeah, it's going sorry, to your head, you know. Buddy. But then, um, so I did that. I came back. I, I got divorced, came back to Utah. I was like, you know what? My The best thing my dad ever told me was like, fake it till you make it. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to come back to Utah. I haven't been here for a couple of years. People have probably forgotten about me. So then. <laughs> yeah, right. I lied. One can hope. Yeah, no. So then I lied through my teeth and I found a tattoo shop. I was like, hey, I've been tattooing in New York City. Will you hire me? And they looked at my stuff and they're like, oh, you're not horrible, but you're not amazing. But so they hired me. And so I worked and I learned a ton. And in about the first month, the girl that I was working with realized that I had no idea what I was doing. I was cr- cross contaminating like a, like a madman because I had no, I, I never had a, a real apprenticeship. So I was yeah. learning everything by being around others. And this little shop that I worked at, I learned a ton. And then I realized I'm like, cool, like, I need to start branching out and reaching out to more of the tattoo artists in the community. So then I started talking to anybody and everybody that would listen to me or teach me. And it's the funniest thing in the world. Like once you make it into the industry, I could go walk into like the most famous shop in Utah and be like, Hey, a tattoo over here. Do you mind if I just sit and watch? And they're like, yeah, let me teach you everything I know. Really? It's such a tight, small community that usually if you come in humble and respectful, you'll leave with as much knowledge as you want. So that's what I started doing. I learned more I just started shop jumping. I'm like, hey, this is who I am. I'm trying to learn. I'm tattooing over here. Can I love your black and gray? Can I watch you for a little bit? And then we become friends. You know, then I started getting tattooed by people I admire. And I learned way more by watching them tattoo me. So then I started asking all these questions. And so then I start learning, you know, a lot more that way. And then I leave. I was at the I was at the shop I was at two years, the little shop that I was at. I um bring in Pat Delvar back in the picture. Pat texts me because I'd been texting him a little bit and he's like, Hey man, I'm opening up my own shop. And I was like, dude, before you even ask me, I'm in like, sign me up. I want to come work for you. So I help him open Hydra. Pat taught me probably everything that I know about tattooing. That's worth knowing. Dude gave me a lifetime of knowledge in a year. And, um, then in that year, I really learned that I'm a very, I don't fit the tattoo mold at all. I was just like, I need to kind of find an environment that's going to be good for me so that I'm not burning my marriage to the ground. And I'm not, I don't know. It, it, the tattoo industry is weird because you, there's so many wonderful people in it and there's so many wonderful people that are in it for the right reasons, but there's just as many people that are in it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and are doing it just for quick money and they can party and they can meet chicks, you know, and that wasn't the environment I wanted to be in. So I, I opened up sacred souls with my wife and I just wanted to create a place that I could create and be creative and just focus on art and meet rad people. And I learned so much and had so much success in the two years that we've had sacred souls open. Cause I was still doing the same thing. Like, Oh, I want to go meet this person. Let me learn from this person. Or I want to go meet, let's go travel to another state and we'll go over here. And 
it was the best way to learn. I started out horrible, which I don't recommend anybody. Please do not scratch in your apartment because it is going to be the slowest, longest process. No one will take you seriously. Then when it's time for you to get hired at a real shop because you're tired of doing what you're doing, they're going to look at you and be like, no, sorry, like you're the problem. Mm-hmm. And so I lucked out. I, I luckily got out of it and- well, now your work is amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, that, it blows me away. No, I really appreciate that. It's it's taken a long time. Like, so I've, I'm coming up on my tenth year. If I would have just sucked up my pride and done it the right way, I'm sure I would be so much farther along artistically. But you know, I had to take the hard path. So. What's what's <laughs> hey, the normal like lifespan? I mean, there's a lot of old dudes tattooed. Well, so old, old gals yeah, it's, too. It's I mean, more it's, of how long can your body hold up? How, what's your hmm. maintenance? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you eating right? Are you stretching? Because we're sitting in stationary positions for hours on end. Mm -hmm. So your back goes, you might start slipping discs. It's like an office job. Yeah, you're not taking care of your hands. Arthritis sits in, you get carpal tunnel. But there's all things you can do preventatively. Like switching to rotaries has been the best thing I ever did. Rotaries. Yeah, so- Like a rotary phone. Yeah, exactly. You just spin it around, (laughs) tattoo for you. Makes Uh, a picture. Exactly. So there's two different, there's two types of tattoo. There's two types of tattoo machines. There's a traditional coil machine, which is a giant magnet. Works just like a doorbell, the old school Edison doorbells. Um, has a positive negative push, and it drives the needle bar. And then you have a rotary machine, which is pure prison style. You rip a rotary motor out of a disc player, or a DVD player. It spins in a circle. Well, if you know how to strap a armature bar to that or a needle, and it spins in a circle, it'll drive the needle way more proficiently than a coil machine does. Hmm. And so now there's amazing uh, artists who are machinists who we'll build these beautiful rotary machines out of Swiss max and motors and different rotary motors. And it's the quietest, softest hitting machine and it's rad, you know? So they're lay, they're way less traumatic to the skin. It's easier to get tattooed by them. Um, and that, this is just, you know, the, the, the preachings of Brett Johnson, but you know, other artists will tell you differently, but I personally like rotaries way better than coil machines. And I, I can't tell you how many people tell me they're like, so much easier to get tattooed by a rotary than a coil machine. So, but you know, it subjective and, you know, someone will tell you complete opposite what I just said and they're not wrong, you know? So yeah, this is just their experience. To each his own, you know, that's just what I enjoy. So, you know, before we, we complete, cause there yeah. was a boatload of questions yeah. here uh, that, like I said, we asked in the community, let's, let's start. Cause I think Done. some of these might even kind of answer. Yeah. They'll fill in some gaps for you too. <laughs> kind of fill in some of these gaps. This wild man, um, this guy came on this podcast and never showed up and just no. talked about weird stuff. <laughs> no, you dude, I could sit That's, here and talk. I could sit here and talk. Fascinating. Uh, I, my life, my life has been wild. Like it's, uh-huh. I mean, I could tell you weird side stories and then like opportunities that I've gotten that I've burned a bridge. My twenties were my twenties were literally me burning bridges left and right, getting these amazing opportunities to do amazing things, and then me taking advantage of them and burning the bridge. And so, yeah, so I I know some of the questions you're going to ask yeah, me, yeah, and yeah, I know that side, it'll go in, into this. You're yeah. in the you're in the uh, community, but okay, so I'm going to kind of bounce around. I'm not going to go in exact no, order. It. Portraits, yes or no? I'm assuming this means portrait tattoos. This is by Heath Johnson. Yeah, uh, and I noticed you actually have some portraits on, yeah, your, on I actually, your arm. There. Um, so realism is my jam. Oh, that's Willie Wonka. Yeah, I got Gene Wilder on my arm. Aww. Shout out to Swade Sanderson who did it. He's amazing. He's actually who, is he, where's he? Is he in Utah? So he's actually working with us now. He's actually so him and his wife. So this is kind of a this is the big announcement I was going to say. So we're Sacred Souls is we're shutting down in Salt Lake, and we're teaming up with Swade Sanderson and Braden. Uh, sorry, Braden, if I butcher your last name, P-O-A or P-O-A, it's P-E-A-Y. So pay, 
Uh, sorry, Braden. I, yeah, I should ever. Yeah. I should. I know him, and I should ask him. How do I pronounce this? His is name? why I ask people that come on the show. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Um, but Braden, we call him Beave. So um, everyone knows him as Beave. Um, so we we're teaming up with them. Suede snagged this amazing location. It's uh, five forty six South State Street in Orem. It's twenty. 20- wait, wait, wait. Time out. You said amazing in Orem. Though. Yeah. No. Isn't that weird? Oh, Utah <laughs> County and amazing at the same time. Yeah. Well, we're about to change that. So we're gonna make it amazing. I live in Pleasant Grove. I'm giving you a hard oh, time, you man. Please bring it on, man. Listen, Utah County's... My wa- mom lives in Orange. Yeah, well, listen, Utah County's kind of whack, so we're hoping to change that. We yeah, really want to change... open up their minds a little bit. Exactly. We want to bring a lot of excitement and show Utah County that, you know, we're about art. We want to show that we're not a bunch of drug addicts, you know, just trying to party. We literally are just about creating beautiful art and showing everybody that, you know, tattooing can be a beautiful art form if you see it that way, because that's the way I see it. But so it's 546 South State Street in Orem. Um, it's 2,800 square feet. We have a, like a thousand square foot piercing studio. Braden's the piercer. Suede. Um, when is it opening up? So Suede got the building. He's His family's been amazing. His family are gen- general contractors. They've been working the last month gutting and remodeling this whole place. Wow. So he offered the opportunity for us to team up with him to open up this new space. And so we're like, man, I had to swallow my pride again where I'm like, man, we're, we're shutting Sacred Souls down. But not really. And we're, Sacred Souls was in Salt Lake. Yeah, here. so we've at, we're just actually around the corner from here. We're on 200 South and 500 West, right across the street from the home of Shelter and Gateway. Okay. So we've been there for the last two years, and I've loved it. But I'm tired of commuting, and you, you know we're thinking about the bigger picture. We want to grow and expand. So teaming up with Suede and Braden has been the best thing we've ever done. We're we're collectively opening. Um, it's it's Suede's baby, but he's let us have a little piece to really keep sacred souls alive. It's called hearts and hands, sacred souls, tattoo collective. And we're just combining forces and we're going to make one hell of a shop. And we're just going to bring the art back and the artistry back to tattooing in Utah County, because I feel like it got lost. I feel like once Oak Adams and Vic left, like it never recovered. And so we're going to try to change that. And That's right. Cause there, there was a painted temple. Yeah. There, so right? Oak opened it in Provo and then Vic worked for Oak for a while. And in my opinion, that was the peak of amazing art that was coming out of Provo. And then, you know, Provo sucks. And so, you know, they Everybody came to Salt Lake. Is that not down there anymore? No. So uh, Painted Temple, uh, is it doesn't exist in Utah County anymore. I have heard rumors. I don't know if it's true. I've heard rumors that they may be trying to bring another location down there. I don't know. Don't quote me on that because I have no idea. But that's just what I've heard through the, the rumor the rumor bin, um, which would be amazing because everybody at Painted Temple are just absolutely amazing artists. And I'm a huge fan of all of them. Um, but, um, you know, we're going to try to take a piece of pie in Utah County and are there any shops down? I mean, I guess there's there's actually a ton. There's actually, well, there's actually a ton now. I was shocked. Every time I drive down state street, there's another shop that pops up that I've never heard of. And I don't even know anybody that works there. Um, so there's a shop in Pleasant Grove. They're not like, listen, I don't care. I'm going to burn bridges anyway. Um, they're not worth mentioning, um, in my opinion. Um, and it's okay that I say that cause I don't really give a shit. There's a couple spots in state street. I've met a few of the owners. They're wonderful people. I can't remember exactly what the names of the shops are, but there's some really wonderful, talented people in Orem. And we're excited to just bring, bring a little bit of spice back into it and hopefully, help them and help us all bring the artistry back to Utah County. And it's not far for a Salt Lake people that no, want to still get work done well, by you, you to drive down it, You're there, not yeah. getting tattooed every day. You're not getting yeah. tattooed every month. So if you got to drive a little bit to get something permanent on your body, like it's worth it. You should yeah. do it. You know, I was commuting 
to uh, Payson to get tattooed by Suede. He was tattooing in Payson. And, you know, Payson's another 20 minutes past Pleasant Grove. And so it was totally worth it to me because he's an amazing artist and he's super talented. And I'm so stoked for us to work with him Um, because he's just like the epitome of like he touches it. It's gold. Like he's just amazing. So if you haven't heard of Suede, look him up because he's amazing. So on that note, portraits, yes or no? Did we? Oh, so yeah. So portraits. I I warned you guys. I literally warned you guys. I'm trying to rile this. Yeah. So portraits. Um, I'm all for them. Yeah. If they're they're done well, if if they're they're done done well, Mm -hmm. all have it. But um, are there some people that say no? Well, so because I just when I saw that question, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Well, so it's one of those things where it's subjective again. Is a portrait going to hold up? To the test of time. Hmm. In my opinion, if it's done well, it will. If it's got enough carbon, enough black in it, it's going to hold up over 50 years. Easy. But there's this new wave of tattooing with realism where they're not using black at all. You know, in my opinion, if you're not using black, black is the glue to everything. Even when I do watercolor tattoos, which is a huge controversy in the tattoo world right now, I still use a ton of black. Because I know if I put enough black to hold the whole piece together, even if my color fades it's still going to look rad because mm-hmm. that black really keeps the structure of the piece together. So that's why people are like, oh, portraits are whack and they're not going to hold. Well, if they do it right, they will for sure. So that's why do your research. And find somebody that and find is someone good that or specializes. It specializes in, yeah. in what you're trying to get. Because yeah. the, if you do that and you give your 100% trust into the, into the tattoo artist, you're leaving happy. But you should do that with any tattoo. Yeah, really. Absolutely, yeah. And on that note, actually, this, this leads into a question from Brittany. What tattoo will people most regret, both style and placement? So I wouldn't necessarily say style is an issue because, again, art's subjective. You like what you like. You know, you might think stick figures are the shit and you want to get they a whole arm are. sleeve of stick figures, you and, know? And if that's There's your nothing thing, wrong yeah. with yeah. that. Yeah, that if that's what you're awesome. into. Wouldn't that be dope? Like a little oh karate kicking, you know? So, um, so what I tell people is there's this huge crave of I want my tattoo now. And I'm not willing to wait. Mm -hmm. So then there's shops, unfortunately, taking advantage of that. I'm not going to name their name because they've already gotten a bunch of crap. But um, they do a lot of $10 tattoos. Yo, if you're wait, where's this at ten dollar tattoo? Yeah, you can you imagine getting a ten dollar tattoo? It sounds great. Oh, no, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're they're about a quarter size or a dime size. It's just a big scam. But what people are doing is. They're putting them like smack dab in the middle of their forearm or they're putting them on the other side of their forearm or smack dab in the middle of their arm. And ruining it for a big well, piece. And then you come to me and you're like, yo, I'm tired of getting these $10 tattoos. I want a beautiful masterpiece. I want you to build me a sleeve around this quarter size oh line work. And I'm like, it's impossible. You ruined a beautiful piece of real estate. So then I was like, well, let's just cover it because it's going to be a lot easier for me to cover it than me to dumb down my art to try to go around this little squiggly BS that you got for 10 bucks. I'll have yeah. to show you my arm here when oh, we're done I can't recording my other, not the one that Vic yeah. did, but, but the other one I've, I've ruined my arm. <laughs> oh, no. By, by, <laughs> what well, it's just always frustrating. It's always frustrating as an artist because like people will like, oh, well, my buddy did this, you know, for free, which I can't say too much because I was that idiot. But um, like if you're going to get a small tattoo – Get it somewhere where it's not going to interfere something bigger because <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people like, well, I want this beautiful sleeve that's collectively unified. And I'm like, well, you have all these little stamps everywhere. I don't know how I'm going to do that because you've literally taken up huge real estate chunks of your arm. And it's sad because I don't think that's really common sense for people who no. aren't familiar with Well, the and that's the other thing. I don't want to slam on people too Art. much for that. So that mm-hmm. you, you bring up a great point of 
think about the bigger picture because down the road, you're going to get to a point where you're like, man, I wish my whole body just was one beautiful piece of artwork. Right. If you start getting these little small things in the moment, you're going to make it a lot harder to do that. So Mm -hmm. placement and then thinking of the overall picture of like, okay, I can't tell you how many times people all only ever get one tattoo. And then six months later, Hey, I'm getting a full sleeve, (laughs) which if you always just go into the mindset of I'm going to get a full sleeve, just start planning it out that way. That's why I see people at work think I'm crazy. Well, they don't think I'm crazy. They're like, they actually think it's cool, but I don't, I didn't have any tattoos and I decided I just want to get a sleeve. Like yeah. I just want a full piece. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Everyone, man. That's people the way are like, it. are you serious? Like that's your first tattoo. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, because I know what I want. I've thought about it. I've planned it out. Like, You're doing it the right what, way. What was it? Yeah. Two weeks ago. First time she ever got tattooed. That's amazing. Two yeah. weeks ago. That's so awesome. On, on, I'm not, excited. Hell yeah. No. And I saw pictures and it looks rad. Oh man. Yeah. I love it's the, so I great. love the vintage. What did you get? Like my little pony and then you got strawberry shortcake or something. Yeah. Like that. I'm yeah. going to, well, I'm going, I'm going to get strawberry shortcake. I have rainbow bright. Oh, that's my little rainbow pony. Bright, yeah. And then a Care Bear cousin. Oh, that's amazing. And then I'm going to get Wizard of Oz and Dark Crystal. Oh, it's just going to be awesome. Gonna be that's sick. so rad. Let's, uh, we got, we got more questions here, man. Uh, what tattoo would he get? I'm assuming you and by who if cost and time were no issue. Man, that's a tough question because I'm a huge fan of so many tattoo artists. I would have to go to Vegas and get tattooed by DJ Tambi because dude's amazing. I've been a fan. So he was on Ink Master, which I'm not a fan of that show, but I was a fan. I've I've been following him for like last 10 years. He's been tattooing for like 25 was it was like a reality show. It's a right? reality yeah, tattoo yeah, yeah, show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't it like he was, Spike TV or yeah, something? Yeah, he and he yeah. won. He's won twice. He's but it, he's amazing. But before he was on that show, I was following him on Instagram and Facebook. The artistry that comes out of this dude's fingertips is just on another level. And he he only does day sessions. So like you're going to spend a chunk of money and you got to go to Vegas. But in my opinion, it's 100% worth it. You get to hang out with him all day and he's going to, he tattoos quick too. Like you're going to leave with half a sleeve in a day. And that's how quick he is. That's if you can handle the I'm not, pain. Exactly. I know, I know Christina had to tap out. <laughs> See, here's the thing. It's not even the pain. It's like, because it, when I went in, my my tattoo artist, Casey, was like, now, you know, it lowers your blood sugar, so you're going to get faint. And I was like, I didn't. So yeah. I was like getting close to passing out. And it's the tough. pain was fine, but like your body goes through a whoa. crazy change, you know, yeah. you think she's about like, it. you might go into shock. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't sign me up for this. Yeah. No, that's the wild thing is you don't realize the abuse that your body goes through. Yeah. So you have to plan accordingly. Like don't drink the night before hydrate, eat a bunch and bring candy and bring a soda. Cause it will help your blood sugar you and know? bring a beer, right? It, no. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, th- I'm going to, I'm about to probably piss off a bunch of people by saying this drinking does not affect your tattoo. If you're doing it, if if you if you take one shot before your tattoo appointment or you drank a beer, you're gonna be fine. See, and I've always heard it, it like it thins your blood. I out. mean, if you think about the science of what alcohol does, yes, it does, but it's not gonna affect you to the point where like, yo, I can't tattoo you anymore because you had one single beer. Yeah. Now, if you started drinking at eleven in the morning and you put a thirty rack down and then you come get tattooed, yeah, we're gonna have a problem. Yeah. You know, because you are definitely got thin blood now and you're probably trashed. Right. But if you got to just loosen nerves and you know your limits, you're not you're not hurting anybody. Do some people stress out that oh, much? I've, like I've had people come in shaking. No and I'm way. Because like, like like regular clients. On, yeah, regular people coming in so hyped because they don't know what to expect. Well, dude, I almost walked out. Yeah, I was like, oh, what <laughs> before, am I doing? What am I doing? Before you yeah. even got started. Yeah, when she was printing up the the um the stencils, what, stencils and stuff. Yeah. I was like, 
I got to leave. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I always tell people, I'm like, once we can get that quick little line done, yeah, get the jitters out of the way, you realize, wow, this wasn't as bad as I thought. Now I can relax. It's mm-hmm. getting to that point because- And watching it happen is yeah. just like magic. It's a trip. Yeah. It's, it's so such cool. a trip. I'm still yeah. amazed that people let me do it. I'm just like, man, this is awesome. Oh, it's the coolest job. Yeah, it really is. There's a, there's a couple more questions here from Brittany. Uh, we'll get through them here real quick. Uh, let's see here. Do we do, uh, what tattoo has someone talked him into giving that he regrets? Oh my gosh. There's a laund- laundry list of regrets. Um, all the ones out of your apartment. All the ones out of my apartment. Yeah, for sure. sure. I was going to say, I guess we kind of already yeah. talked about a lot of well, those. Well, it's more of, so when I first started tattooing like legit in a shop, I had this mindset of, I can't say no to anything, which is the complete opposite. You should say no. You should say no to everything if you don't feel good about it. So I tattoo everything. There was a... This random dude that came in, found me on Facebook, hit me up, wanted to get tattooed. I was hungry for more money, and I was like, dude, come right now. Let's tattoo you. He came hammered, which was a bad idea. I should have sent him away because he was – there was that like, oh, you didn't drink one beer. You've had several and some, <laughs> you know, and probably some other substances. And he just like – I did a key – like a set of keyboard – like a keyboard or like keys like from a piano on his arm. And he he kept – I don't know what he took, but he got weirder and weirder as I was tattooing him. And then he's like, yo, get looser with it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, color outside the lines. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so then I just literally start. I busted out a big ass mag, which is like a fat paintbrush. And I just started going outside the lines. And he's like, yeah, like that. Keep going. And I just literally was scribbling on his arm. Oh my and then gosh. he's like, yeah, a little looser. And I'm like, yo, man, this is as loose as it's going to get, dude. <laughs> like, we're, like, it looks like blo- a blob now. And then wow. he left happy as a clam. He came never, back the next day. No, I never saw, I haven't seen him since. I don't know if he died. I don't know where he disappeared, you know, but that same dude before that, that session. So I tattooed him twice. The first time I tattooed him, he came in, his wife cheated on him in Texas. And then he wanted me to write fuck Texas across his chest as big as I could tattoo it. So so I, listen, I did it. And I, I was oh like, I gosh. can't believe we're doing this, man. Because I was fuck fre- Texas yeah, across his chest. I was fresh oh. off my divorce. I had just starting started dating my wife, and uh-huh. I was like starting to see like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, oh my gosh, relationships are rad when you find the right person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife was like my biggest saving grace. So I was trying to tell the dude, I'm like, listen, man, you're gonna not be bitter in like six months. You're gonna let this go but you'll still have fuck Texas across your chest. And then he's like, nah, man, I'll always fucking hate Texas. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, man, I'll take your money. Let's do it. So I tattooed fuck Texas. Like old English or what no, kind of script? So I kind of old English. I, um, I kind of freehanded it. It was yeah. kind of cursive, but pretty big, like, like, oh, like shoulder to shoulder, no collarbone to collarbone. I mean, Dude, I want to meet this guy. Thing. And so after I did the keyboard piece on him, I haven't seen him since. I have no idea where he went to. You just thought he was going to keep coming Yo, back. We're giving rad I mean, stuff, man. Yeah. And that dude just disappeared <laughs> off the face of the earth. So, you know. And, and on that note, another question, Brittany, this kind of goes right into it, is how, how does he feel about face tattoos? You know what? In this day and age, tattooing is becoming so mainstream in a sense. And I'm, I'm embracing it. And I think it's awesome. If you want to get your face tattooed, here's the list of things you need to, to think about. Am I in a job that they're going to care about if I get my face tattooed to am I in a point of my life that I'm not going to regret this? Because I can't tell you all the people that I know that have tattooed their face and hate it, want to get it removed. Three, just make sure like some people will get stuff because it's funny, you know, and so here's my how to get tattooed. 
don't start with your hands. Don't start with your knuckles. Don't start with your neck. Like we call those the warp tour sleeves or the warp <laughs> tour bodysuit. Cause you only get tattooed with, if I have a t-shirt on, I only want the areas that you can see tattooed. Start with the places that hurt the worst. I got my chest done for my first tattoo and it was the best thing I ever did because everything past that has been a piece of cake Yeah, because it hurts so bad. So the bar was set so high that I was like, man, if anything is a little less worse than this, I'm golden. And it has been. But will you tattoo somebody's face if they came in and wanted it? Like if if I've learned, I've learned my lesson down the road from really good people that have been tattooing way longer than I have. So I have this rule of thumb. Like if you're, Cause I get like fresh 18, 19 year old kids straight out of high school. I'm like, yo, I want my hands blasted. I want my mm. face blasted. I want to look like I just came out of SoundCloud. Like I want to be the next rapper. <laughs> so I always tell them, I'm like, Post Malone. yeah, exactly. No, yeah. He, I mean, I can't tell you, they want garbage all over their face. And so I always tell them, I'm like, what do you do for a living? Oh, I live with my mom and I work at, you know, the grocery store. And I'm like, cool. Maybe wait, you know, yeah. how about we start with something you your can life cover. First. Yeah. Cause I said, the person you are now is not who you're going to be in five years. No. And then the person you are in five years will not be who you are in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I said, until you figure out what you want to do in life, wait, save your hand. So here's the rule of thumb, get your entire body done. And when your hands and your neck and your face are left, then tattoo those. I like that. I like Does that. that sound good for you? Oh yeah, for I'm me? in. Yeah. No, you know, I've I mean, always <laughs> wanted to get my neck tattooed. Uh, see, and I, my dude, my wife wants me to tattoo my neck. So really? Bad. And you won't do it? Well, I will eventually. I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to shave my beard. <laughs> well, yeah. no, just like on the side though. Just I, like, if like, I'm gonna do it, I'm going full, like full neck, like really, it'll be all the way around, like up to the jawline. Yeah, I'll frame my jawline, like. It, but if I'm gonna do it, yeah, I'll you do would it. have to shave the beard. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not at a point in my life where I'm willing to shave my beard yet. Yeah, that's respect. I mean, it takes a lot. It's it's a lot of effort to keep this thing. Up. Yeah, you know, you, know, you have yeah. a rad beard. Well, it, it was ra- it shaved it up real tight when the baby was born oh, right a on. year ago. And she now, like I, pulling well, stuff. I was afraid she would. I and gotcha. that's a, that. And then he realized the babies dad. don't start pulling until yeah. like a year later. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. get the dexterity down. Yeah, <laughs> and for then sure. it hurts. And now they're pulling everything. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is. Let's see. So uh, let's see. There are a couple more questions here. Brittany has. What is the most annoying trait in a customer? What makes a bad or good customer i'm not really sure i guess so i we were kind of talking yeah about, well like, here's the thing guy. so if you've never been tattooed here's the best thing to do or if you are a tattoo artist or not a tattoo artist, if you are a tattoo patron and you do any of these things from about to mention stop now here's here's your forewarning go in open-minded i'm an artist for a reason i've been mm-hmm. doing this long enough where i know what looks good so when you come into me and you're like yo i've been i've been thinking about this for years i know exactly what my tattoo was supposed to look like, I usually respond with, oh, how long have you been doing art? And they're like, oh, I don't draw. Okay, cool. Well, how about you let me take care of that? And then, you know, if you really don't like what I draw, then cool, we can fix it. But you chose me for a reason. You claim you like what I do. You claim you've seen my work. So trust me in giving you the best piece that I think is going to look good on your body. So let me do that. I can't tell you how many times people are like, They'll come into me. They'll have all these thumbnails of tattoos that someone else has done. It's not my style whatsoever. And they're like, I really love what you do. And I'm like, have you even looked at my stuff? Because none of this is even close to what I do, you know? And so then I tell them, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do it, I want to take it in this direction. And if they're giving me any kind of hesitation or giving me any kind of pushback, 
I'll just shake their hand and be like, here's your deposit back. Do you do that a lot? I mean, no, it rarely pick happens. Pick and choose. I mean, but that must be the, the best part about being a tattoo artist you get, is you can pick and you choose. You get to this sweet spot where you have enough people flooding into your gate that you can kind of cherry pick. Mm-hmm. I'm not prideful enough where like, yo, if you want to get a small little tattoo, I'll totally do it. You find something on Pinterest that you just absolutely love and you're not letting, you won't let me redo it or change it so you have something original. I'll usually end up doing it just because it's like, it's your body, it's your skin, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to fight you tooth and nail because I want to give you something original. I want to be copied. I don't want to copy somebody else. I want to set the trend. I don't want to be a trend follower. And so, and when I explain that to someone, I'm like, would you rather have a tattoo that people look at and be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I need something like that. Or would you rather be like, oh yeah, you found the same Pinterest page I did. We have the same tattoo. You know, like, yeah. I don't want to be that person. I want something, I want, I want people to look at it and just be so blown away and be like, man, I need to know who your tattoo artist is. Because, I got a, yeah. I got a sweet Woodstock tattoo, yeah, dude, you well, know? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, listen, you know, Woodstock's Charlie. legit. I'm down. I would get Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown. I'd do something <laughs> cool like that, you know? Let's get through some more of these questions here while we still got some time here. Uh, let's see here. Do-do-do. Brittany, Brittany, your wife, she asked, why did he be decide to become a tattoo artist. I think we guess we kind of covered yeah, that. I mean, it's one of those things where it's the coolest job I've ever had. I feel like I haven't, well, I've definitely earned it in certain things because I've been put through some wild stuff, but I feel like I haven't worked a day in my life in the last like six years. Like, I love it. It's awesome. I get to draw on people all day. I think it's rad and I will never take that for granted. It's the coolest job I've ever had. She also asks, what makes him different from other tattoo artists? Well, I'm a giant prude, actually. So that's what sets me apart and has actually caused me some kind of controversy in in Salt Lake. I don't tattoo certain areas on females. It's my personal choice. I'm a married man. I got two stepkids. Are you talking about like if they have to get naked? Yeah. Like if I have to get you naked. Dude, that would be the best part. Listen, man. Listen, listen, (laughs) listen. Chris can be a tattoo artist. Women women are amazing. I think they're beautiful. I love the, the female form, but it's just more of like, I get real nervous and so if I have to have you naked in front of me, I'm going to be like, uh, cause I'm a giant nerd. You can't just look at it in a professional way. Huh? I'm an, listen, I, I mean, I could, I guess, but it's, you're also, an artist, not a doctor. Exactly. But it's also in that fine line of like, I'm a little old school. Like I'm happily married. Like, I just feel like there's a line that it, like, even though it's like, it is professional and there's a way to do it. So where everyone involved feels comfortable. I just feel like, cause me being happily married, like I don't want to have my daughter walk in and be like, yo, why's dad got two hands full of titties, you know? But what about you, me? Would you let me get naked? Listen, dude, for you all day, man. <laughs> all just right. tube socket and we'll be good. Can I <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's that fine line of like, you know, I've had dudes where they've had to take their pants off, but, sure. and, and I, and I still tattoo areas on women where, you know, you have to move clothing out of the way. But my biggest thing is like, if I have to get you completely naked or if I have to make you take your top off or something like that, it's probably not a tattoo I'm going to do. <laughs> now, why did I take my top off if yeah. he's tattooing my ankle? Well, you know? and the, and the reason, yeah. <laughs> I had a chiropractor it's weird, like it's that. It's weird. He's, his pants are off too. This is so bizarre, you know? <laughs> I'm just trying to make people feel comfortable, you know, but so I've gotten a couple, I've, I've gotten a lot of flack. I've had some of my people that I look up to shit up, tell me that like, you'll never be successful. You'll never make it for doing that. What? And it's actually been the best thing I've ever done because it set me apart from everybody. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this dude respects women. This guy actually loves his wife. Like I want to get tattooed by this guy. Yeah. And so it actually put me in a whole nother spectrum. I didn't do it for that. I just was like, Hey, you know, cause happy wife, happy life. Like if I, if I'm tattooing and my wife walked in and she's like, I can't believe you're tattooing that. 
I never want her to feel uncomfortable, Yeah, you know? And so there's that fine line of respect that I have for her that I just, I never want to put her in that, you know, I almost lost her. Um, I almost pushed her away and I was this close for her moving out and pretty much telling me to kick rocks because we fought tooth and nail and I was actually getting advice. I was really lost in my tattoo career. I just finally got a taste of success. And I was like, man, people are starting to know who I am. I'm not starving to tattoo. Like I have enough people to make money, but I was tattooing a lot of younger girls that wanted a lot of tattoos in areas that, you know, they'd got to take clothes off. And in all, that's hard for a while, no matter what, in all reality, when you ask a lot of women and you like, yo, are you cool with your, your husband or your boyfriend doing that eight out of 10 times? They're going to be like, not really. Yeah. But there's, there was never, I never asked her. I was just like, tough shit. This is what you got to deal with. This is what you signed up for. Mm -hmm. And the people that I was looking up to at the time were like, yeah, tell her to kick rocks. If she's not cool with it, let her leave. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, but she's so cool. And this is the only problem we have. And I'm pushing her away over what, a couple hundred bucks that I get asked like maybe once every few months to do. Yeah. You know, is it really worth it to lose the person that I'm madly in love with over this, you know? And then I thought about it. All the people that I look up to are on their like third and fourth wife and like are single or, you know, and I'm like, well, obviously his, his or her um, advice obviously doesn't work for them personally. So why am I listening to it? So the best advice I got. I can't remember what tattoo artist told me. He's like, dude, why are you listening to everybody else? Do what's great for you. Tattooing is one of those industries where like you can pave whatever path you want. You can take mm-hmm. whatever path you want. You can create whatever clientele. If you only want to tattoo thumbs, you can literally be booked out for a year tattooing thumbs. Like you yeah. can do whatever you want. If you're authentic, the people who that your tribe will yeah, find, find you. They really yeah. will. And so yeah. I put a, I put my foot down. I didn't want to lose my wife because I was being a complete asshole to her. I really was. Like I, I'm a, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but it's it's a it's a dark point in our relationship that I that I'm bummed that I put her through it because she didn't deserve it. I just was I was star I was so scared to lose what I had built. But then right. I realized that, like I'm not going to lose anything. I'm just going to gain everything. And so it was the best thing I did was like, cool, we're going to, we sat down, we made our do's and don'ts. We made what we're cool with, what we're not cool with. And then from then, then on, I was like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to tattoo. This is what I'm not going to tattoo. And it's the best thing I've ever done. That's now now awesome. she's apprenticing, you're apprenticing. She is. Yeah, so does so, she have the same rule? That's what I'm. Well, about. so <laughs> I always tell her, I'm like, listen, you want to tattoo a dick? Have at it. You know, but no. Have you tattooed a dick? Oh my God. No. But I've had, <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I got asked, man, I'd be rich. Wait, like really? Legit. Like want people wanting to get their dicks tattooed. Oh, so people <gasps> ask you to tattoo yeah, their dick. Yeah. Oh yeah. All that the would time. hurt so yeah. bad. I, never, I would love to do like a funny dick tattoo, like of a dick, but no, I don't want to tattoo a dude's <laughs> dick. No. Would you tattoo my dick? I mean, if we did it close quarters, you know. Like, you know, you Once buttered again, me upright, maybe, you know, <laughs> no, that would, that would be weird. And then they get a little, anyway. Well, well, listen, man, they get a little excited and they're like, yo, why are you excited? You know, it's, it's no, awkward. All it, it would or be you awkward. really no, love it. And you're like, dude, this is the best job I've ever had. Back, well, back to what you were saying though, yeah. just to, just to input there real quick. There's a lot of respect I have for that. And, no. and I'm sure you've heard that. Well, and I, I really appreciate that because there was a point where me and my wife were getting hit so hard on social media Women were literally, I had no idea. It took a year for my wife to tell me this. Women were literally bullying my wife on Facebook. They would message her. And About like, because of the tattoo Because, I, so because they, would, they wanted you to tattoo yeah, them. Yeah, and they'd be like, yeah. I can't believe you're not letting him tattoo me. You're a fucking bitch, blah, blah, blah. And I, then I would be like, 
I'm not, she's not the one stopping me from doing this. Mm-hmm. It's my choice. I don't want to do anything that makes her uncomfortable. Yeah. Because then it makes me uncomfortable. Because you're a good person. And I love, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's common sense to me, but man, yeah. she got bullied for like years. People were talking shit to her. No kidding. And oh, no, that's so sad. She, she, my wife has put up with so much crap. And man, I, and that's why mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, I will give you the world on a silver platter. You have earned it. Like, you have been through hell and back through the crap that I've put you through. So, she, she is the apple of my eye and she, you know, she's, I'm, I'm a better person because of her. Um, so I started, she's an amazing artist on paper. When we first met, she had sketchbooks all over her apartment and I was like, yo, you're really good. Why aren't you tattooing? And she's like, oh, I never got the opportunity. Cause then she got into the corporate world and she got stuck in there for a while. So our entire relationship, I was like, yo, Hey, you gonna, you gonna let me teach you? You gonna let me teach you? And she kind of was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And so I finally sat her down. I was like, listen, you hate your job. You're super talented. Let me teach you how to tattoo. And she's like, okay, finally. And then I find out the only reason she wouldn't let me before is because she didn't want, she didn't want me to think the only reason she got with me is to, because she wanted to learn how to tattoo. And I was like, yeah, that would be the last thing I would have thought of. I said, you're, you're crazy. So I taught her how to tattoo. She's still learning, but, um, she had a stroke last year. And so it put a halt on her entire apprenticeship and it rocked our entire world. Yeah, so she she had a stroke. Luckily, it wasn't a full stroke where the blood stopped completely, um, but it did mess her up for a good eight nine months. She's recovered now. We've done a lot of things, and man, she is such a she's such a trooper. So she's wow. she's feeling better. She feels good. So we're using the new shop to kind of like catalyst and kick off her her career again. We'll have to bring her through the podcast, dude, she, yeah, man. man. If you want to meet the cool, you think she'd come on, dude? Absolutely. Yeah. I can't lie. This morning when we were getting ready to come and interview you, I was like, yeah, but I kind of also want to get his wife in yeah. here. Oh, like, if we didn't have the girl, I went down yeah. a wormhole stalking oh, her a little you bit. Should, she, she's she's legit. She, yeah, and she's got a fun story too, man. Her life has been well. We'll save it yeah. for we'll save it for her. Let's should, let's man. get yeah. to a, let's get to a few more of these questions here. Uh, speaking of her, she wants to know who, uh, who your favorite person is. Oh, and, of course. Uh, her. I mean, <laughs> yo, if you haven't listened for the last like hour, I'm pretty in love with my wife. So, uh, who's, uh, Brittany, your wife yeah. also asks, who's your favorite artist and not tattoo artist? Man, that's a tough one. I'm a huge, uh, I mean, obviously I'm a huge Shay Peterson fan. Shay's freaking amazing. Like yeah. I've been following Shay. Oh, surreal. Yeah, yeah. Did you listen to the interview we I did, did with man. him? Yeah, he's, man. He's legit. I he actually, his, we have his vodka. I actually used there. to stalk him a little bit. I'd find out where he was painting. And I'm like, I'm just going to go show up and say what's up. So I've, I've chatted with him a few times. And he's, he's a good dude. Yeah. You should stop by uh, my brother's coffee shop, Insomniac, there in oh, Pleasant Grove. To, yeah. He did a, Shay did a, a mural in there. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's really cool, That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of him. He just inspires me color choices. I'm a big color person. So his color palette and his knowledge of color theory is just bananas. So he's actually inspired me to change my approach to how I do my watercolor tattoos. Other artists that I look up to, though, um, there's another dude named Justin Bois. Um, He does these crazy, like, he's really famous for doing jazz pieces, but he's a graffiti. He was a graffiti artist and went into oil painting. And he does these wild paintings of dudes playing um, saxophones and... um, different trombones and like, but they're over exaggerated and they're stretched and it's, they're, they're freaking cool. I love it. So, um, but then I've got a couple, um, I got a couple like Disney animators. I can't think of their names at the moment, but I follow them on Instagram. 
they just freaking blow my mind. Did you listen? We had a few on the podcast. Yeah, Adrian. Is it Adrian and Thomas Estrada? Yeah. I, I can't remember Adrian's last name, but Thomas Estrada. There's mm-hmm. a ton that live here in Utah. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. Like when Thomas Thomas reached out to us, I'm like, "What? You're a Disney animator? Yeah, you live here in Salt Lake City. You so got to get cool. you on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Let's yeah. see here. Ah, uh, do do do. Let's get through some more of these questions here before. Uh, we completely bore all of our listeners, right? How <laughs> how many? Ha- okay, so Cody, this must be, Cody's Cody's too- like my best friend. Yeah, this so- <laughs> dude, we've been we've been we've been friends since we were like in seventh. Grade. I got to acknowledge a few of these He's questions just because they just out. because they're they're so awesome. fun. Yeah, if if he ha- he. <laughs> If he had to be a vape juice for a day, what flavor would he be? Oh, it would have to be like snozberry. <laughs> snozberry all day. How many, how many hamburger buns can you fit on your head? On my head? Dude, I could stack probably 25 at Seriously. least. Seriously? Oh, if they're frozen? Now, is this sure. like a joke? Like, would you no, guys get drunk said, and put hamburger buns no, on your I head? No, I mean, if you've ever been around me and him at the same time, you're in for a treat because we have this weird banter that we've established over the last decade of our friendship. We can literally say nothing to each other, but say and have a conversation. We'll just like make weird noises. Like he'll say something that has nothing to do with anything. And then I'll respond with something that tops his. And then 45 minutes later, our wives have to tell us to shut up and we're like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Or, or if we're in public, like we've been kicked out of many places. Have you tattooed him? I have. Yeah. yeah. So Cody's actually right. So Cody has my first sleeve I've ever done. Really? It's garbage. It looks horrible, but he's proud of it. Cause it's the first one I've ever done. And then he has world-class, like, award-winning stuff that I've won awards for on his other arm. So it's, like, it's cool. He has the contrast. He's, like, here's where he started. Here's where he's at now. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So, and Cody's, if I ever need someone to be a guinea pig where I'm, like, yo, I need to do something for social media purposes or I'm I'm entering a contest, I need you here. He's always, like, cool, tell me when. And he'll just lay there all day and let me do whatever I want. And so he's been truly, like, my best friend my entire life. Very cool. Shout out to Cody. Let's see. Short. He also asked short stack of pancakes or a full stack. Also, what's your favorite toppings? Ooh, listen, man. We go to Black Bear Diner. I want to get a full stack, peanut butter, chocolate chip, and then I'm going to down, you know, and if they have bananas, sometimes they don't cover those things in slices of bananas and syrup i'm i'm in heaven <laughs> sign me up let's i swear he had a few more questions yeah, yeah i think he had a couple yeah, weird he had ones. A oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was the first one what's your favorite taco taco oh it's gotta be pulled pork all day what's his favorite pair of pajama bottoms now do you have a lot of different pajama bottoms? i don't i'm an old i i just kick it old school with some basketball shorts and i am a legging wearer so heads up i do wear men's leggings so they're very they're comfortable. Warm. They're warm. I have a lot of movement, so I feel like I can I can do weird things. So it's awesome. I love it. You know? Uh, how many sugar cubes can he fit in his mouth at one time? None. That's disgusting. We'll never do that. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> how many pets to know who's is a good boy or girl? Doggos. How many pets to know? I'm not quite sure if I get that reference. Okay, okay. I figured you might know these because no, yeah. Some, listen, he's he's out there, so sometimes you got to rail him in. <laughs> you can't even figure. Yeah, it sometimes out. I don't even know. Favorite goofy movie character? Oh, it's got to be. Um, oh, now I'm gonna. I, I feel bad. I don't know. It's the guy at the end. It's the big the guy that puts on the show. And you could say anything, and I would know. Yeah. Wouldn't know what you're so talking about. The, the concept of the movie is they're trying to get to this concert across the country, and he tricks his dad to go on a road trip, but he's really trying to go see this concert i can't remember what the the, the singer's name he is. was like the a rock band I, yeah I, he, he wears like a lightning bolt and he's you know he, <laughs> he does all the boogaloo dance you know he's crazy he like does the electric slide and it's legit so he's my favorite for sure what about favorite goofy movie song oh man i don't even know i haven't watched that movie in forever so i 
Okay. I feel like I'm unprepared for these rad questions. Well, you saw these questions. <laughs> yeah, you should have been. I should have been watching TV all morning. Get me. Listen, I'm what, fired. Uh, one more question here from from Cody. Which Olsen twin could he win in a fight? Dude, I'll take both of them. Have you seen yeah. them? They're like boom. malnutrition. Oh, yeah. Just Are like, you kidding me? Each hand. You Listen, boom, yeah. Snap them. I'll just blow real hard and they'll fall over, <laughs> you know? I have a fun story about the Olsen twins, actually. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Let's, J- real quick. No, sorry, no, no, sorry, no, mom. No. I'm going to throw you under the bus. My mom's the sweetest lady. Is she going to listen? Oh, she's definitely going to listen. My mom's rad. Um, have you tattooed your mom? No, my mom's super LDS, which okay. I 100% respect. But I think mm-hmm. if like that taboo part of tattooing gets respected in a church, I bet my mom would. But, you know, then we'll cross that bridge. I don't, you know. Let's hear, it, let's, hear, yeah. let's hear but, the story. Um, so the Olsen twins, one of them had an eating disorder, and then we're actually staying in the rehab place in Provo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom made her a blanket and tried to deliver it to her, but they wouldn't let her in. No way. Yeah. So I was like, Mom, you're the sweetest lady was in the Was she world. like a Full House fan? Or oh, what? huge. Really? Huge. Yeah, Aww. huge. She's so, like, she must be cold. Well, no, There's like, no my mom's the sweetest lady. She's a giver. She wants to help people. So mm-hmm. she genuinely quilted this beautiful blanket and went to the rehab place to give it to her and they wouldn't let her give it to her. Oh, that's I was sucks. bummed because I was like, how cool would that be? Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, my mom tried to give her a blanket, <laughs> but they wouldn't let her in. Oh, <laughs> this is a good question. Uh, I think we kind of covered it a little bit. Adam, he asks advice for a first timer on picking the right tattoo and the right artist. So we, we kind of touched yeah, a little just, bit. Yeah, I'll just do a quick synopsis. One, figure out what style you want. Figure out what kind of art you're into. How do you do that though? Because Instagram's, like even- Instagram's rad in my opinion, because you can literally get on Instagram and you can type in whatever hashtag you want and that art will literally pop up. But you what mean, if they don't live in your city or Well, state? that's the cool thing. Don't necessarily start with trying to find someone here in Utah yet. Start with what art you want. And then once you narrow that down, then you can start looking up like hashtags like Utah tattoos, Utah tattoo artists, SLC tattoos, SLC tattoo artists. These are these are, t- these these are, are all, hashtags. Yeah, these are all using. hashtags that most tattoo artists in Utah that use Instagram use or type in like 801 tattoos. I can't tell you how many people find me because I just type in Utah tattoos and my stuff pops up. So start doing that. So then you can find like, cool, I really like surrealism. I want full color surrealism. Let me find some artists that do surrealism. So then you could type in Utah tattoos and start scrolling through and start cherry picking things you like and then start reaching out to them and be like, hey, here's my idea. But when you do that, don't be alarmed if the artist doesn't write you back right then and there because we have this weird like culture of like, yo, I emailed you 10 seconds ago. Now I'm going to text you. Now I'm going to Facebook message you. Now I'm going to write on your Facebook board. Hey, by the way, I emailed you. I didn't get a response. I'm like, yeah, I got it. My phone beeps when I get an email and yeah. I saw it. I just, I'm literally gloved and tattooing right yeah. now. But let's say that about all things. Cause yeah. people do the same thing with me. If I don't respond to an email oh, in I'm five sure. minutes. Well, you guys are like, in a crazy oh, spot too. God. Like, Hey, look how cool I am. Can I get on? You know? And you're like, all right, cool. You yeah. know, like. Yeah. When you get, get like a yeah. hundred of those But what would you recommend? Okay. Here's a question. This might not be exactly what he's yeah. asking. How would you recommend like what you want to get done? Do you put more in the artist's hands like or the tattoo artist or do you like say, no, I want to get it exactly like well, this? Well, so I tell, this is what, this is what you really should do. Cause it, there's been so many times where I've gone in person like, Hey, here's my idea. Mm-hmm. And the artist is like, I don't want to do that, but I feel like you should get this. And then I just kind of submit and I'm like, you're the artist. You have a vision. I'm just the canvas. Please give me something that you're going to be proud of. And I've always left so happy. The tattoo on my left arm, this isn't what I asked for, but this is what I got. You know, it's really good. I asked for a Buddha. I wanted an actual Buddha, like a Hindu style Buddha 
in the jungle. I wanted it patinaed. I wanted it beat up, cracked. And I left with this because he's like, I've done those before. I don't want to do another one. Let's do this. And then they'll have fun with it and spend more time and even he be a little more. He beautifully photoshopped yeah. this wonderful story of the story of Siddhartha, how Buddhism was created. I got the lotus coming out of the mud. I have an old Ganji and I have a child Buddhist. So I have the beginning, the end and the rebirth. I never would have thought of that. All yeah. I asked was for a Buddha. Yeah. And he put this all together and it's one of my favorite tattoos that I have. That's if so I rad. wouldn't have walked in there and been like, okay, you're the artist. You do what you feel comfortable and you think is going to be awesome. I never would have got it. You know, so come up with your idea, but be open to letting the artist have full control because the day you put your artist in a box is the day you're going to get a mediocre tattoo mm-hmm. because when I get put in a box, I stress. My wife knows I stress. I'll be at home and I'll be like, I don't know what to do. I, I, my tattoo's in an hour and I have no idea. And so she's like, tell him no. Just tell him, hey, this isn't going to work out. You yeah. know? Yeah. So be open. Just be open-minded. We're doing this for a reason. And if you did your research right, you're going to leave happy. Yeah. So, Good advice. Word of wisdom. You know? Joey... Tram, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, a couple of questions here. His first one is Brett still doing custom sneaker design and painting, which I know is probably another rabbit hole we can completely go down. And I can give you a quick like synopsis of that. So I made a small living painting custom shoes. You were mentioned for Nike. Yeah. So I just recently last year did a huge job for Nike. It was the worst thing I've ever done. Nike, (laughs) Nike is the worst company to work for. They were a nightmare and it was just six months of pure hell. And so I did it. So I used to take a pair of leather Nikes. I could strip them down completely to the raw leather, paint whatever you wanted on them and then reseal them so you could wear them. And I could customize them however you wanted them. I made a small living doing that and I burnt myself out because I I got so much success so quickly and then I didn't know what to do with it. And then I just lit the whole thing on fire and kind of walked away and if you have the right amount of money and you're willing to be patient, you know, I might, some, I yeah. might do some, but I absolutely have no passion for painting shoes anymore because it burnt me out. I, I used to paint Kyle Beckerman from, um, Real Salt Lake. This, he's the, like one of their main stars. Yeah. I used to paint his cleats every day for, for, uh, for the games oh, and wow. he'd wear custom cleats. I burnt that relationship to the ground hardcore. And if Kyle, if you're listening to this, man, here's my public apology. I was 23. Dude was throwing me all these cleats, giving me whatever I asked for to paint them. And I took full advantage because I was dating my ex-wife at the time and we were in a horrible relationship. And I just like, I need money. My ex-wife kind of led me into losing my job, which I have to take responsibility for. I I did it too. Um, but we were, we were hungry for money and... Kyle was the sweetest, nicest dude in the world. And, and I was in, I ended up painting like five or six players on the team. And I just kept asking for more money. I was like, yo, if you want me to do this, it's going to be this much. Oh, you want me to do this? I need twice as much. And he would happily pay every time. And I was the greedy asshole that was like, all right, man, I need money. And I'm stressed because of all these things. And so we just. And I, you're 23. Like, we're I was all 20, idiots. Yeah, I was an idiot. <laughs> and if he's listening, I'd like to bring you on the podcast. Kyle, dude, yeah, yeah. Kyle, get out here, man. Um, <laughs> Kyle, and Kyle was the nicest dude. So I, I painted the last round for him. And I didn't say anything to him since. And he didn't say anything to me. And. I just knew I ruined that opportunity because I was a greedy 23-year-old doing stupid shit and the same thing. I I mean, I could tell you stories about – I used to paint Kyle Harrison. Kyle Harrison's a famous lacrosse player. He played for Johns Hopkins. The reason why he's so famous is because he's he's black, which is not common in, in lacrosse because it's a kind yeah, of a stuck-up white sport. Kyle Harrison's amazing. 
so talented. He played pro. He played for the um, Colorado Outlaws, the Denver Outlaws. Dude is the nicest guy in the world. Through weird events, I met him. I started painting shoes for him. He started referencing me to all these other lacrosse players. I burned all those bridges because I got greedy and I started asking for way too much money. I started making promises I couldn't deliver. And I ended up ruining someone's wedding because of it because I was I was dumb. And he had some guy that wanted me to paint 21 pairs of shoes for his, and, um, for his wedding line. Oh, wow. And I painted 18 of them. The last two shoes did show up to my apartment in New York, but I was too lazy to pick them up off the ground in the lobby and they ended up getting returned because I wouldn't, I didn't pick them up. And so I come back the next day to grab them and they're gone and they got returned and I messaged the dude. I'm like, listen, I know it's two weeks before your wedding, but the shoes are gone and I don't have shoes to paint. And he's like, well, I don't have money to buy another pair. He's like, you're ruining my wedding. So I just procrastinated and I didn't do them. And then I got a message from his wife saying I was a piece of shit and you're not getting paid. And I was like, fair enough. I wouldn't pay me either. Cause I was an asshole and I burnt that bridge. I painted a pair of shoes for one of the most prolific, famous sneaker collectors in the world. And he was going to, um, it's this big, uh, display for the upcoming high school basketball players that are going to either get drafted to the NBA or they're like the top five picks or 10 picks in the country to go to like D one schools. He's, he announces it every year. So he's like, yo, paint me a pair of shoes to wear at, at this giant ESPN event. Mm-hmm. I dropped the ball and I never sent them. And he, he got them a day late and couldn't wear them. And oh, you know, man. but I was in my early twenties. I was dealing with a lot of stress and I dropped a lot of ball. You know, I dropped the ball a lot and I procrastinated and you know, I, I think li- that's common though. Live I mean, dude, if yeah. you go back to my early twenties, I sp- Oh, I don't even want to get into yeah. that. Oh, dude, so. that, that's the problem is like, that's how you learn and grow yeah. is yeah. by making so many terrible mistakes. Oh, and I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I made a ton. My mom laughs at me because she's always like, I've never met someone that had so many opportunities to do rad things and watching you just burn them to the ground. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, You should mom. be like, I'm an artist, mom. Yeah, that's well, what and we that's, do. And that's what my wife said. <laughs> she's like, you're, 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 you have the artist brain. And I, and I do. And I, it, it is what it is. I've gotten so much better now. So yeah. now. Now I just tell people, no, if I agree to something, I will do it and I'll mm-hmm. have it in in your hands before we agreed upon because I never want to be that person again. I yeah. learned my lesson. And that's hard to do because it's so easy to overcommit because it's exciting to oh, take on projects, right? Like It's so exciting. When I got yeah. offered to do this Nike gig, man, I was so excited, mm-hmm. but it ended up being a complete nightmare and it had nothing to do with procrastination. It was just Nike's terrible to work for. So don't work for Nike. <laughs> <laughs> One more question here from Joey. And then I got a couple of Salt Lake cool. City questions. We'll kind of get the show wrapped up here. He wants to know, does he prefer conversation with his tattoo clients while working or does he prefer silence or music only? I prefer all three. Honestly, I like a conversation, but there's certain times when I'm so focused on what I'm doing. So I don't mess something up that we won't talk. And then it's nice to, I can't tattoo in silence. If there's not music in the background, I can't tattoo. I have to have white noise. It has to be a TV or I'll put Pandora on. But as as a client, what do you recommend like to feel out your tattoo artist to see, oh, do they want to talk? This is super subjective because some of the best artists here in Utah won't say a word to you your entire tattoo. And you some know. of them, if you get to start to talk and they go, they'll slower. never shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, see, and I, I actually have a fine talent of, I tattoo really fast, but I can talk and tattoo at the same time. So I'm not wasting your time. Uh-huh. And I love to get to know people. So I love having a conversation, but if you're in so much pain or you're one of those people that has to just focus on sitting still, mm-hmm. I'll put a movie on, I'll put music on 
And I'm totally down to sit in silence, but I'll make sure we're both on the same page where you're like, yo, this dude's a dick. He hasn't said a word to me for three hours. Like I'll make it, I'll, I'll let you know, like, Hey, I can tell you're in pain. I, you're not answering my questions very fast. So let's yeah. just chill, you know? So I read the, I read the room. What's your longest session you've ever done? I have tattooed someone for 10 and a half hours. No Ugh. kidding. Straight yeah, or any straight. Little, little break? Well, no? we'd get up, go to the bathroom, numb them up real good. Holy I was cow. doing a convention and I was trying to win a trophy and we did a full from above the knee down to the ankle. I did a huge Hanya mask. I'm really big into Japanese folklore. So I did a huge Hanya. It was my own version of it. And we did it start to finish in 10 and a half hours. And he sat like a rock. Shout out to Tyler. Tyler's a beast. Tyler Thompson sat for 10 and a half hours. That's where Respect, yeah. man. That is impressive. So, yeah. There, there's a couple of uh, Salt Lake City related questions I got to ask yeah, or I'm going to get hounded by listeners because sure. they got to know your favorite local eating yeah. spots, man. Pig in a jelly jar. Boom. Nine, yeah. Ninth, ninth South and what, second East. The best chicken and waffles you'll ever have. I know there's one in Ogden. There maybe, is one in Ogden. Maybe they'll too. open uh, one down in Orm or Provo wish, now that you're going to be tattooing down Listen, there. Listen, come on, guys. Step it up. We need one. <laughs> oh, or uh, I don't know if there's one. No, there is one. There's over by Top Golf. I love Mobetas. Mobetas yeah. is delicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, those, those two are my two favorite. But I'm just, I love chicken waffles. There's chicken, a lot uh, of good so eating good. spots down in Utah County. Yo, we're too, starting to man. get some legit ones. No one knows what J Dogs is in Salt Lake. We have J Dogs. Oh, J Dogs is, yeah. You want to get a Polish dog and their J Dog sauce is amazing. Yeah. So, and the closest one would be uh, Point of the Mountain, if you want to go yeah, to like, yeah. Wasn't there one just downtown, like on State? Or, I don't know if there ever like, was. Like right on Main Street there? I Maybe swear there is there now. Was. Not anymore. Not anymore. I, swear, okay. I swear it was, and it's not Because I've now. only ever seen them in Utah County. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But, um, yeah. those, you know, um, we're huge uh, sushi fans. So if we're here in Midvale, we love Ido. Ido's amazing. Um, they have a thing called the Firebird. They literally light that shit on fire and let it burn out, and it's the best sushi you'll ever have. Wow, it's this wrapped good. roll and they literally douse it in butane and they light it and it cooks it while it's burning. We've literally watched them light customers on fire on accident though. I'm always <laughs> nervous because yeah, when they bring it, I'm like, don't let my beard on fire. Um, <laughs> You're highly flammable. I'm very, yeah, I'm very flammable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this sushi, the server, she got bumped and she threw the, the sushi <gasps> on that was on fire and it hit a lady and it lit her leg on fire. Oh, Luckily no. the, like the, one of the, the sushi chefs like literally like jumped up and over the counter and like padded it <laughs> oh. out. And then we were back to business as normal. Like it had, had like it's happened before. And did the lady like, she didn't even seem like bothered by it. She was Dude, just like, oh. I would have been like, I'm suing this place. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting sushi for life. Like no, you seriously, know? Yeah. something that, oh, that abs- would seem like yeah. a good payment. Oh, crazy. Um, if you like Indian food, Bombay house and Provo yeah. money, Bombay mm-hmm. house is my favorite. Here in Draper, uh, I guess it would be Draper. Um, there's a place called Pastries and Shat. It's it is uh, Indian. That's your old pastries and brand. Shat. It's called Pastries and Shat. It's the best Indian food you'll have. It's the worst service you'll ever have. But <laughs> pa- wait, Shat? Yeah, Shat. C H E T. I believe. Yeah, I was thinking like I Shat. Yeah, no, but yeah, no. That's a, that. It's a play on words, and they purposely did that. Oh, okay. so like it's supposed to be like pastries and shit. But yeah, it's yeah, pastries see, that's and that's, shat. that's down in the Draper. So area, if you get though? off on 120, if you're if you're going south, you get off 123rd South, mm-hmm. take a left. And it is on the other side of the Smiths. It is on the east side of the Smiths. How have I never seen that? I go there all the time. Freaking delicious. It's the best Indian food you'll ever have. Wow. But you have to be very careful what you order because if you don't order right, they will you'll literally just get like so we like tiki marsala. If you don't order it in a meal and you specify I want non rice and I want a full plate of rice, you'll get like 
a teaspoon of rice for your giant tikka masala. So you have to be very clear on what you order. They are the nicest people in the world, but it's a family-run business, and so their like twelve-year-old daughter like rings you up. Mm-hmm. She might be fourteen. I don't want to like throw her two under the butt, but like a young child will be ringing you up, and it'll take forever to get your food. But I promise you, it's worth it. They are the nicest people in the world. And you're supporting a local family yeah, business. Just go there. Just go and put it, you know, but I don't want to throw Indian people under the bus too much because we go there and we watch people get pissed. So, like these Indian families will literally scream, where's my food? And I'm like, dude, you got here at the same time we are. We've only been here for 10 minutes. Like chill. So yeah. it, they just want it now. And I'm like, you should have gone to McDonald's. Yeah. Man. And I'm like, listen, the food's worth it. It's the best food I've ever had. So if we want, if we want quick Indian food, we go to pastries and chat. If we want to wait, We'll go to Bombay House. Very so, cool. Yeah, those are my those are all my food places. How can listeners find you? How can listeners reach out to you? So what's um, it, like a good email, web so address, what? I I go completely email. I don't give out my cell phone number. If you have my cell phone number, you're lucky because I've learned my lesson with that. When you give out your cell phone number to everybody, you'll get text messages at four in the morning. Hey, I want to get tattooed. So my email is Brett Johnson Tattoos, B-R-E-T, and then J-O-H-N-S-O-N, and then tattoos at gmail.com. Um, that's the easiest way. Just shoot me an email. Um, we do have a sacred souls tattoo UT at gmail.com. They're both linked. So if you email one of those, it goes to the same inbox, but we have our new shop that we've teamed up with and we're, we're teaming up with Swade Sanderson and, and Braden. We don't have, I don't think we have a shop email set up yet, but the address is 546 South state street at Norham. Um, you can look us up on Instagram now. I think it's heart it's hearts dot hands dot tattoo i think is what it is i'll try to look it up and, yeah, and put and it at i am we, there's another hearts and hands that exists and so they had to like change it up a little bit but you you know you can follow me on instagram at brett johnson tattoos my wife's Brittany christine xoxo suede sanderson tattoo he's just suede sanderson tattoo so drop the s and then all Brad, on instagram all on instagram and then brayden has his instagram i think it's just brayden p-e-p-e-a-y Dude, Instagram yeah. was the best thing to happen to tattoo oh, it's artists. Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a free platform yeah. for us to show our portfolio. People would always get mad at me. They're like, I came into your shop, man. Where's your book? I'm like, man, I haven't made a book in <laughs> five your years. Book, dude? Yeah. Pull your phone up. Look me up on Instagram. You'll see everything. You know, because books, literally in a month, my book's outdated. Yeah. Now I've got so many other new tattoos that I want to put in there. Now I got to spend money to make it. But it's all one. this extra work. Yeah. Exactly. Where yeah. I'm like, dude, just get on Instagram. Look me up. I love it. And website, no website. Huh? No, I, um, I used to have one, but I didn't want to pay for the server space and I didn't want to pay for the It's kind of outdated it in kinda, the tattoo it, world. Yeah, though, you it kind of is. Instagram's just easy. You yeah. know? Or you can look us up on Facebook. It's Brett Johnson Tattoos again. Now, are you going to be at the tattoo convention in February? No. Yeah. So tattoo convention, I so I have worked it, but it's because when I worked at Hydra and Pat's got a yeah. better relationship with Nate than I do. Usually rule of thumb is if your shop hasn't been open for five years or more, you don't get invited, um, which I think is a great rule. I'm not against it. I still support the Salt Lake Tattoo Convention, but like we won't be invited anytime soon. So, um, I was just curious with that coming up here in February. Yeah. We, you know, we might be walking around saying what's up. Um, I unfortunately have some people I don't necessarily get along with that tattoo in Salt Lake. So I don't, I feel uncomfortable going because it's just awkward to run into people that you just know don't like you. So it makes it hard. Dude, well, that's my sh- life. That's man. yeah. <laughs> we, we feel you. <laughs> so I just, I'll go if I need to buy some stuff. Cause there's, there's things at tattoo conventions that you can only get at conventions, but I haven't been in two years. Yeah. So, but I support them. Nate drew all those. I the, think it's great, man. Whole, that's here yeah, in Salt Lake. In the whole general. crew at lost art puts it on. They're freaking amazing. Support them wholeheartedly. Wish them all the best and love what they do. So, 
I know Christina likes to end it out with a question, but is there anything that you want to bring up really quick, Brett, before we uh, wrap this thing up? I know, I mean, we've been chatting a lot longer. Oh, yeah. Listen, man, I appreciate you guys putting up the nonsense, man. It's been so much no, fun. No, dude. That's oh, been fascinating. I would have yeah. gone another hour. Oh, I, I could be, we, uh, yo, you could be setting Joe Rogan standards like, has it been three and a half hours? Holy <laughs> shit. You know? But uh, I don't know how that <laughs> This dude is when we it. should have video. Oh, yeah. I would just say, yo, check out our new shop, guys. It's uh, Heart and Hands Tattoo. Uh, it's kind of a mouthful, but you can either just look up Heart and Hands Tattoo or, you know, Sacred Souls is still much very alive. We've been very blessed to have Suede invite us to be a part of this. It's his baby, but he really has been so opening to let us still kind of keep our shop alive and allow us because it was kind of a race. It was either like either I found a spot and I opened quick and hopefully I could convince Suede to come work with us. Or Suede found a space and hopefully he could convince us. And so luckily it all worked out in the end because we all knew we wanted to work together. It was just to see who could find a space first. And <laughs> he was in a better financial position for, for this to happen. And so we were just super blessed that we got invited to be a part of it at all. So we, you know, shout out to Suede again, man. He's been so sweet to us and inviting us and creating a space for us to come be a part of. And we're just part of it. We're just so stoked for it to open. So heart and hands tattoo, sacred souls tattoo is still, still live and well, but we're just teaming up. So, and we're just, we're happy for the Dude, future, I'm, man. That's I'm awesome. down in Orem a lot, man, oh. with my mom down there. Yeah. So I'll stop by. Please, please come. Dude, we'd by. love to have yeah. you. Yeah, please, man. That'd yeah. be so awesome. We'll throw a little bumblebee on you. I feel like you need one. <laughs> I got, actually, I did. I got, oh, hell yeah. See, I, I saw that, that one. Clint, Clint's amazing. Uh, yeah, Clint yeah. McKinnis Clint's did a this wonderful uh, microphone with a little bee dude, on it. Dude, he killed it. Yeah, I dude, got I, that for my birthday. Oh, I'm dude, a when big he, fan. Chris sent me the drawing that, that yeah. Clint did while I was at work, and I was just like, it's so oh, like, cool. I, like I, I so freaked fitting. out. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. And Clint's such a talented, wonderful guy. I've never physically met him in person, but I've been behind him in traffic. Because um, culture, <laughs> culture shock is right down the street or up the street from where we were. Yeah. And so he parks, um, this is going to sound like I'm a complete stalker, but he parks at the gateway parking and walks over, which is way smarter because you actually have security and your car's watched. Mm-hmm. I've been stuck behind him in his Subaru. And I want to be like, man, is it weird if I honk at him or if I wave? But I've I've been Dude, behind him a few Clint, times. I've heard yeah. you on I am Salt Lake. Listen, well, and I, you know, he can't, he's got a big beard, so I yeah. always I'm like, oh, there's Clint, there's Clint, you know. So I've I've been behind him a few times. Very so. cool. Well, before we go, would you leave us with a piece of advice for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, man, be kind to people, man. Let's let's spread some love. Let's spread positivity. Stop hating each other. Love wins out so much easier than hate. And I feel like we're such a hateful community right now. It's Facebook, man. It's it really mm, is. Like yeah. let's. Little, little, little more memes, little less hate. How about that? You know, make little the internet more... cats again. Shout exactly. out to Nick Cassie. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't sweat the petty, pet the sweaty. You know, it's, it's, let's, let's have a good time. Life's too short. People I stop sweating. That. You know, I'm a big believer. Apologize to people. If you're wrong, be kind. You'd be amazing on how much, how easier life is. If we just be a little nicer to each other. I love you it. Know? So, that's yeah. that's cool. Thank that's you for doing advice. the podcast. Yo, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Like, I'll be here next week. Um, I'll be inter- I'll be taking over. So, oh, like, sounds yeah, good. Yeah. We have a new host. So, all you guys out there, yeah, watch out. <laughs> you should do a yeah. podcast, man. You really I, should. I would love to. It's one of those things where, like, me and my wife actually had a wild idea for one. We want to only interview women who are on Tinder. And we want to hear the horror stories. That's such a good idea of all the weird shit dudes send them on Tinder. That's what me and I, I used to have a podcast, and that was kind of part of the premise of it. Yeah, it was tell me, me and a your friend. horrible dating oh, stories. It well, is how terrible because I've had girls that I'm tattooing, and I'm like, I'm sorry, a guy did what? <laughs> Holy! Sh-. And I'm like, man, this would make a great podcast. 
And so me and my wife have always chatted about it, but we've never done anything it about it. It would be it. so great. <laughs> and I would die laughing and just interview women's horrible dating stories because women have so many of them because uh, guys yeah. are creeps. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, if my wife had a dollar for every dick pic she got, we'd be rich, you know? It's she amazing. didn't get mine. Listen, man, so. uh, I'll, I'm watching out for it now. now if I, especially if I tattoo it, I'm going to know it. I'm like, I know that's yours. Get out of her DMs. <laughs> Very cool, man. Thank uh, you. So, thank you so much, guys. You bet. Many thanks again to Brett Johnson for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All the links to connect with Brett can be found on our website at IamSaltLake.com slash 363. All right, guys, you know how I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, Heartbreaker Beard Oil is a brand new sponsor for this podcast. Well, little side note, this is a brand new project of mine. Heartbreakerbeard.com is where you can go and check it out. This is, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, I was looking for the perfect beard oil, started kind of blending my own, coming out with some great blends. I got some great scents for you guys. Heartbreakerbeard.com. Pick up a bottle. If maybe you're starting to grow out your beard, it's starting to get itchy. Just rub some of this beard oil in there. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to, you're going to grow a thicker and more full beard. I would love to know your thoughts on this though, especially for those of you that have been trying the beard oil. Send me a message. Tell me what you think of it. Pick up a bottle. Heartbreakerbeard.com. A great way to support this podcast. All right, it's that time of the podcast where Christina and I, we're going to recommend something. This could be really anything, you guys. Podcast, grocery stores, movies, really something that has maybe recently impacted our life, something we want to tell you all about. This week's a lot of fun because I get to share with you guys one of my Christmas presents that Christina got me, best gift I've ever gotten, the AirPods. And, And I know you guys are saying like, Come on, Chris, really? Some earbuds? You can go down to the dollar store and pick up a crappy pair. No, ear, ear, AirPods. See, I'm stumbling all around because I'm so excited to tell you guys about these AirPods. I've been eyeing these up ever really since they they made them. And I don't even know if you knew that, how much I I, I desired a pair. I didn't really. I, I kind of hoped that you wouldn't be upset that I spent all the money buying them. <laughs> I would get the cheap knockoffs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were always such a pain in the butt to sync up the Bluetooth capabilities. AirPods are amazing. They sync right up to my iPhone. I can listen to podcasts when I want. They're great for making phone calls. I've only really used them. I mean, I haven't had them very long because like mm-hmm. I said, I got them Christmas. I'm really excited to see how much, I mean, it's already changed my life with listening to podcasts and all that. So I'm, I'm excited about it. They're if, seriously like magic. If, I don't know how they did those. If you guys get an opportunity uh, to pick some up, definitely do it. But what is your recommendation, Christina? My recommendation this week is actually also a Christmas present that Chris gave me. It is a laptop desk. And I'm going to be taking advantage of that. Oh, heck thing. yeah. Look, I know it doesn't sound exciting, but guess what I've been doing all week? Sitting on the couch with my laptop, not on my lap, not burning my legs. This could be an ad. Get yourself a laptop desk. It's it's the best. I love it so much. Very cool. And this is the first episode, like we mentioned at the beginning, first episode of 2019, the first episode of the month. This is when we kind of run down the list, give some love to our awesome Patreon supporters. These are people that are uh, kicking on over a dollar, $5, just a way to kind of help make sure the podcast continues forward. You can go to patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake if you want to become a Patreon supporter. But let's run down the list here of our awesome supporters. We got John Miller, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Heron, Wendy Joe Bradshaw, the Ute Daddy Lawn Process, Thelma Rother, Nicole Davison, Alex Santee, 
Riley Padilla, Zach Shutt, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Will Dugdale, Jared Aguilar, Brittany Hemingway, which she had some great questions that we when we had Brett on the, the interview earlier here, Jeff Hadfield, Michael Beck, Eric Tomorrow, Jeff Hat, Sana, TW, Alan Martindale, Brett Schmidt, he's a brand new Patreon supporter, Demon Pack over there. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Brett, for becoming Hi, Brett. A, a new uh, Patreon supporter. Three Irons SLC, Nikki Line, Michelle Williams, Michelle Stevens Williams, Dirt in Your Skirt podcast, Margaret over there at Dirt in Your Skirt, Christopher Heiser, and Jay Chambers. Every time we we uh, we mention all those, I just like I said, I think I said it in the last episode. I said I just want to get them all and do a, a group hug. I know, me and too. Take them all out for for uh, steak cream? and steak oh, and yeah, uh, steak. I, I want to say steak and eggs. I don't know why I want to <laughs> say steak and eggs. Hey, that's good too. But uh, you know, seriously, we have people dropping on in and out. We can always use more Patreon supporters because this is a great way, like I said, to support the show. We need a new microphone. We want to do some video here in 2019. And so if you want to become a Patreon supporter, just go to uh, patreon.com slash I am Salt Lake and, and uh, you can check it out right there. Come join the I am Salt Lake family. Exactly. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to support our show sponsors, Five Wives Vodka, Market Source Real Estate and Heartbreaker Beard Oil, because when you're supporting them, you're supporting us. Exactly. You can also send us an email. Say hello. We love to hear from you guys. Honestly, it's as simple as just typing in hello at IamSaltLake.com, right in your email. Say hello, guys. We, I love the podcast. You can also send us letters, packages, and any kind of treat you want. Like Kylie sent us an awesome Christmas card. We yeah, that loved was a it. great card. Our, our P.O. Box is P.O. Box 4412, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84110. You guys have a great week. Let's be awesome this year in 2019. I'm serious. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local every chance possible. And we're going to see you on the next episode. And good night, Grammy. Grammy.